You've seen those movies where they say, make my day, or I'm your worst nightmare. Well, listen to this one. Rubber baby buggy bumpers. Ha! You didn't know I'm gonna say that, did you? Your move, creep. everybody and welcome to another episode of the film feast podcast uh i'm your host matt bledsoe and this week we are talking about the british horror film censor from 2021 uh to help me talk about it i'm joined by someone who i'm very happy to welcome back to the show because it's been far too long uh he is one of the hosts of the cinema drunkies podcast it's rob antiquera rob how you doing hey matt uh, how's going on like like you said it's been a long time since uh last conversation and uh, I'm really excited to, to get back into here, back on the show with you and talk some awesome movie. I, I wanted to mention, though, that um, it, it's, I, I'm starting to notice a pattern. I mean, this is only my second time, but I'm noticing a pattern that uh, <laughs> every time I'm on here, we talk about a movie that uh, circles around filmmaking. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> the last time we, we talked about Irma Vep, and now we're talking about Censor, both films um, centered on filmmaking. So it's like, I'm starting to see a pattern. Like, what's the next thing I'm going to be on for? <laughs> if we hadn't already done Ed Wood, I would have pitched that to you. Uh, like, oh, yeah, that would have been great. <laughs> I just mentioned, it'll have already been out, but you wouldn't have heard it yet. I watched a movie called Living in Oblivion. Have you seen that? I, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. It's about uh, like a day on an indie film shoot. It has uh, Steve Buscemi's director. It's funny. Yeah. It's good. It's really good. It's very like 90s indie filmmaking, but... Uh, um, that just reminded me you said that I was like oh I got to Rob about <laughs> this one it's on Prime it's uh it was pretty good I was like I think I just like movies about people making movies in fact what it, what it comes down to <laughs> oh yeah absolutely same here same here like the you know me being a struggling filmmaker myself the watching the art of making movies is always you know just you know my bread and butter when it comes to you know watching like movies especially centered around filmmaking it's just like that's the stuff I like I gravitate to, toward um, when it comes to like, if, if you got a movie that's about filmmaking, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely want to check that out because hey, yeah, I just I just love filmmaking on the whole and I just love to see the art of it taking place, you know what I mean? So definitely, definitely it's my, it's my thing. Movies about movie making is my thing. <laughs> Same here. Yeah, I, I, I try to think of one that I dislike and I can't top, I'm sure there are some, but I can't think top of my head. Usually I find some enjoyment in those. Uh, yeah. But uh I mean, it's funny too. I think I live vicariously through those kind of movies, and then the oh all yeah, the, the pain because there's a lot of pain making movies, but also just the fun part. But um, especially yeah, *Living Oblivion* is a lot of the pain of being on a cheap, like a low budget movie, and like everything going wrong. Um, but yeah, we'll keep the streak going. But I'm glad you brought. We'll get into *Censor* more. I just want to like. We, I'm glad you brought *Censor* because uh, it's a movie I really liked from 2021, and I felt like it wasn't talked about enough. And I know you kind of feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very excited to get into that. But before we even talk about censor, um, did you want to bring up any movies you, you'd seen lately? Anything interesting? Yeah, I, actually, yeah, yeah, most definitely because uh, we were talking about it uh, a little bit before we started recording. I know, 
And um, I was like, I think of like one or two. I couldn't really think of it at the moment. But then I had to check on my my letterbox and uh, remind myself that, uh, yeah, I actually did see quite a few uh, movies that I quite enjoyed um, recently. Well, uh, recent to me, you know, new to me. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, I recently saw uh, the, the Alex uh, Asia film Crawl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I from like 20, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I I liked it a lot. Like it's um and and it's weird to me because I like Alex Asia as a, as a filmmaker, um going all the way back to High Tension, uh particularly his his remake of The Hills Have Eyes, uh, I really really loved that movie. Um I loved his Piranha remake. Uh I was I was also a big fan of a uh, Mirrors the 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 film he did with uh, Kiefer oh, Sutherland. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and, and I remember like so. It, I was like, I have to see this movie because I'm a fan of his, but I just didn't pull the trigger on it yet. I actually had it for the longest, which is uh, par for the course for me because there's so many movies I have that are in my watch pile that's just like looking at me like, when are you going to watch me? <laughs> so like, I, I, I decided like, you know, um, I'm in a groove. Uh, let's just put this on because I haven't seen it in a while. And I thoroughly enjoyed the hell out of that one. That one is like, incredibly tension filled and extremely well done um i like i like you know i, I love movies like that like especially horror movies like people trapped in the house you know night of the living dead evil dead mm -hmm. uh like those those really just are e easy to you know to grab those those kind of movies with just people trapped in the house and that one is an incredibly good one uh i, I love that one a lot um i also have um this one was recommended to me by a uh, our boy uh, Mike Mike Scott. Uh, oh, yeah. The last the, la the last matinee. Uh, have you ever seen that one? No. Was that like a recent uh, slasher movie that came out maybe like a year or two ago? Yeah, about in, in 2020. It's a, basically a slasher movie set in the movie theater. Oh, okay. I see which, the poster. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Which 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 of course picked my interest immediately. Slasher yeah. set in the movie theater. <laughs> I, I'm I'm there. And I thoroughly enjoyed that one as well. I thought that one was just incredibly great, you know. Um, really gnarly kills, and which which uh, might if you if you appreciate gnarly kills, you're gonna like that one. I was like, well, I really do like gnarly kills. <laughs> I, 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 it was funny too because um, uh, we're we're in a Discord, a bunch of us from from Action Twitter. So it's me, Mike, uh, friends Chris, uh, and our friend Ron uh, from over on Film Strip Podcast. And I, I like how after Mike said that to me, he he says to Mike, "Did you forget this is Rob you're talking to?" <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I I I appreciated that because it's like yeah, I, I guess my uh, my love for you know gore and gnarly kills is kind of my thing. So, <laughs> so it's like yeah yeah that's me that's me in a nutshell. But but yeah like I, I really like that one a lot as well because I'm I'm a big slasher guy like I, I love slasher. Um, yeah, and it sounds interesting. The setting alone, I'm like, okay, I mean, it sounds like a really, maybe like a fucked up Are You For The Dark episode or something. I was like, yeah, like, yeah I think that like Vampire in the Theater, Are You For The Dark, you said that. I was like, I love, there's not, speaking of like movies, movie, things set in theaters I'm into too. There's not enough of these like movies set in movie theaters. Yeah, yeah. It was like, it's very few. Like I couldn't, I couldn't even like, because as I was watching it or after I watched it, I was trying to think of like other movies and I was like, I know Popcorn, which came out in the early 90s. Oh, yeah. As, as a horror movie set in the movie theater. But, like, it, it escaped me, like, 
if they were any others. Like, I'm pretty sure they are, but I can't think of any at the moment. The only I could think of was those two. And it's like, yeah, it's such movie theaters are such a great setting to, you know, have something like that being set in it, like a slash movie. So I wonder why there aren't more. You know? Yeah, I mean, and it seems like maybe you could make a premise where people are locked in or for some reason stuck in there and like, um, I feel like it'd be cheap and easy to make. I don't know. There should be, there should be more of these, is what I'm saying. I want more no. slashes in movie theater. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, that, that one is, that one's really great. Uh, you know, like I said, really, you know, gnarly kills, but it's also incredibly stylish. Um, like the, the, the way they showcase the, the kills and that, like it's just really great, like, you know, visually. And uh, like that, I appreciated, you know, because it's just like, yeah, yeah, give it to me. Give me the beautiful gore, you know, like, just <laughs> give it to me. You know, but like, yeah, I, I recommend that one a lot. That one was really good. I really enjoyed that one. Okay, cool. I'm adding, yeah. I, oh, it's already, it's in my list. So I must have heard about it probably from Mike at some point. Yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, Mike, talk, Mike talked about it quite a bit. So it probably was if you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I highly recommend that one. Like, if you're a slash movie fan, uh, Last Matinee is, is a good one to watch. Cool. Uh, anything else? Um, finally, uh, as far as like most recent, uh, I did watch that new uh, Jackass Forever. Uh huh. Um, What'd you think of that? <laughs> I, I, I like that one a lot, even though I, I think like those men are maniacs for, for doing what they did <laughs> at their age, you know, like, you know, because they're obviously all a lot older and like the stuff they were doing in there was just, I was, I, I, I cringed a lot in that movie, but uh, I, I laughed long and hard until I cried. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it, it is it is a hilarious picture and and i loved it is, is all i can say but um those men are maniacs <laughs> i mean they really are i know they got a bunch of new people i mean i saw it and i think i brought it up like really briefly an episode with carmelita but i didn't really talk about it very much uh but i loved it too it it probably is my favorite thing i've seen in 2021 so far <laughs> like i haven't seen much i mean but it's it was it's such a good time like i saw i think i only saw three in the theater and I remember that going with a big group of friends. And that was like some of the hardest we've ever laughed. I, Cause I have one friend, this guy, like he, we don't know what makes him laugh. We can never figure him out. But like mm-hmm. the only thing we know that makes him laugh is like people hurting themselves. So it's like you take him to jackass and he's like in heaven. Um, so my, my buddies again, and we all just like, we, I don't, it's like you, those jackass movies, like being in a theater and just like laughing hysterically with people is like really cathartic and like, it is. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it very is. It was. It was. I found it to be very therapeutic. Like especially mm. like everything yeah. that's ha- happening in, in the world. I found it to be a, a incredibly therapeutic film. Like I went in there and I laughed and I felt you know, you know, good about myself. You know, it was just it, it made me feel like you know because it's been a while since uh, seeing a comedy in the in the theater. And uh, just to see something like that and just laughing hysterically throughout the whole thing just felt incredibly good. And I was just felt a lot better after I left the theater, you know, but unfortunately you have to come back to reality, which is doing shit. Um, so it's just like, eh, you know, but at least I had that moment, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I, top of your head, can you tell me either your favorite bit or what made you laugh the hardest in the movie? I'm curious now. <laughs> um, Everything Aaron did, Danger Aaron. Oh my God, that poor, that poor guy. <laughs> he, like... he, he was the true MVP of that movie. Yeah. Everything he did made me laugh until I cried. Um, <laughs> the bit with the, with the, 
the uh, we're testing the um, in, uh, the cup, the cup. Oh test. my god! With oh yeah, that <laughs> yeah yeah basically yeah, yeah. hurt me. Yeah, yeah. We have uh, uh, UFC fighter Francis Ngano come and, and punch him in the, in the dick. And then uh, the hockey player uh, shooting the pucks at his dick. And then uh, the worst one was when uh, Dave uh, jumped the pogo stick on his dick oh. and, and crushed one of his testicles. Oh, I, was, I think I almost came out of my seat. Like, I really, I felt that pain. And, like, I knew it wasn't going to work. I'm like, there's no way that him coming down with a pogo stick onto a cup. you got a cup on. I'm like, this is not going to go well. <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely oh, not. Absolutely. Absolutely not. <laughs> also, also the, uh, the scene where they had him strapped to the chair and then they released a bear on him. Oh yes. <laughs> and they put honey and like bits Salmon. of fish. Yeah. <laughs> like... And, 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 and like, and it was just, Aaron is, 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 is trooper. Like even as he was scared shitless, you know, and he's like, he's screaming to let him out. And like his facial expressions, like literally just had me in tears. Like I was, <laughs> I was in tears during that whole segment. It was, like it was just the yeah. funniest shit. It was, it was pretty great. I, uh, I know I was trying to think, I know the, uh, kind of the silence of the lambs bit went over really yeah. well in my theater. Um, and I think what, I think honestly what caused every, my theater, like the most, uh, suspense and pain was when Steve-O put his shins under the guillotine. They dropped the skateboard on his shins. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. It was like I can feel. I can imagine. I can feel that kind of pain. Like that. Just it's like oh, it's like horrible. <laughs> so I mean, it's you laugh a lot. You squirm in your seat. It's a, it's a good time. <laughs> like, absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's it, it was super fun. Um, also, uh, um, mm-hmm. one 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 more. Uh, uh, also, I wanted to mention uh, the new scream. Right, this year's new scream. Um, oh, okay, nice. Yeah, <laughs> which which I liked a lot. It's it's um it was definitely my uh because uh, I only seen it once. I probably need to see it again to, to you know you know take it all in. But uh, so far, I, I would consider it my least favorite. Of, you know, because the series means a lot to me. Like the first scream was like I, I felt I've, I've said this many times, but um, I, the first scream was basically like the first time I ever felt like a part of like something in the horror genre because you know i was young i was i was 12 when it came out um okay, yeah yeah and uh you know that was the first time i ever felt like i was part of like a movement like a phenomenon like because everybody was talking about the first screen when when it first came out yeah. you know like it was it was just the rage all of my neighborhood like yo you've seen scream <laughs> yeah i've seen scream you know and like so like the series has you know been a part of like you know part of my you know my evolution of in, in, in horror, like, you know, my, like, it, it got me to where I am as a horror fan. So, like, the series has always been a big part of my life. And so I was very excited to see the new one. And uh, I liked it for the most part. But um, I guess, you know, unfortunately, you know, Wes Craven has passed on. So he's no longer with us. So obviously this was done by new filmmakers. And, like, it, it kind of felt off a little bit. If that makes sense, you know. No, I mean that's understandable. Like I know they were trying to go for, uh, you know, kind of paying homage to Wes Craven and like doing. I thought an admirable job, but it, it doesn't feel the same because it's not, <laughs> it's not him, and he's been on every other yeah. entry in the series, so it's not going to feel quite right. So I know I get that. Yeah. Yeah, it, it missed his touch, but it, it, it did a well enough job. Um, and I and I and I liked it for the most part, but uh, like I said, I I probably have to see it again, like you know, to make more. Um, 
direct uh, official you know, have an official opinion on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I understand. I uh, I think it's gonna grow on me too because I, I did really like it. I've liked every screen movie. Like, <laughs> like yes. I'm always banging the drum for three, even even if three is like my least favorite. I still think three is a fun time. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I've said, like I said on Twitter, uh, there's no such thing as a bad screen movie. Yeah, I... <laughs> they all they all work. They all work. Even all of them may not fire on all cylinders like the original did, but they all work in their own way. And um, yeah, they, they, to me, there's no such thing as a bad screen movie. Yeah, and Scream Three has uh, the whole making a movie thing going for it. So yes, yes, yes. <laughs> there you go. Um, Which I like. Yes, and we appreciate that. So um, I was going to say about Scream. Uh, oh man, I had a thought and I lost it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I like I like the whole series, and I, I think that one. Will, I think the new one will grow on me. It's just it's different. They introduce all these new characters. It's not Wes Craven. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, they're all they all been fun. So I'm like, keep making them. I'm all, I'm all in. Uh, it's like. Um, that's funny. Like, oh, that was going to say, you brought up the first scream and like how big a deal that was. And um, that was like the first big horror thing I can remember. Cause I'm, I think just a couple of years younger than you. So I was not, yeah, it came out in 96, like December, which I still think is a weird December is a weird time to put a horror movie out. But like, by yeah. I had a friend whose older brother was super into horror. Like he had all these figures in his room, like Leatherface and Freddy Krueger and all this, he got Fangoria. And so he was telling us about scream and like, by the next year, it's like 97, every, Halloween, it was like nothing but ghost face masks. Like this thing was like a, a phenomenon. Like it was the craziest thing. I remember like the first thing I was like, wow, this is a really big deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> like mm-hmm, this is yeah. a big, big thing. Um, so yeah, I, people don't remember like, yeah, it was a huge deal when it came out. So um, yeah, they've been, I mean, so consistent. Most horror franchises are not as consistent, but most horror franchises don't have the same guy doing four of the five entries, you know? <laughs> so um yeah. makes a difference but um well i'm glad you you know you liked it though and didn't completely uh hate it or anything <laughs> so that's good so um cool um so anything else was that was that all um i did remember the watch the the new texas chainsaw massacre but uh i'm i'm, I'm scared to talk about that movie at this point because uh, the dis- the discourse around that shit has been wild to say the least you know what's funny you just remind me i forgot to i haven't brought it up either because i was the same thing <laughs> i was thinking like i don't even want to get into it i think i'm kind of like in the middle a little bit and i'm mm. still i still don't want to get into it because i'm like it's too it's still too heated i'm like i'm just let me stay away from it um i you know it's, i will say i'll just say this but the new text chainsaw massacre when i first watched it I was like, okay, it's fine. And I think I kept thinking about it more and I liked it more and more. Like every, like as time passed, I was like, I think it's even better than I gave it credit for. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I actually, I actually liked it a lot, uh, which was meant by a uh, resistance from uh, friends of mine. Um, well, like there were friends of mine who liked it. Uh, and then there were friends of mine who didn't like it. And it was just, uh, it was wild. I, I, I tweeted how much I liked it. And it weirdly went viral for some reason. Oh, like I, I, I said, I said, uh, oh yeah, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, 2022 rocks. What the you know, what the fuck is wrong with y'all? You know, people who didn't like it, <laughs> and it, it, it got like retweeted so many times and liked, and it was like where people were, like saying like, yeah, I agreed, and other people telling them like, the fuck are you talking about? That movie sucked, and <laughs> it was it was just a weird thing. And it's like I, all I did was say I liked the movie, and it just went viral, you know. Over the- and it was it was just so I was like I was gonna do an episode on it for my own show, the cinema junkies, and then it was just like, eh, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it's too heated. That's so weird how stuff will get picked up and just kind of go viral like that. Like, uh, 
And you think it's like, you don't think it's that big a deal when you tweet it, you know, you're just like, oh, I'm saying like movie. And then it's like, oh shit, what happened? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, you tweet it, you go to sleep and you wake up and it's just chaos. And like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> random people like i had that i don't think it went viral air quotes but that one i think it, i tweeted about like something about a game that steven spielberg made and then some random guy was like stop being too young and i was like what the fuck oh that yeah mean? i saw that i saw that like oh like i'm sorry <laughs> yeah I, was like, I don't know what that means i'm sorry uh thanks for saying i'm young that's great i was like i was like i was alive when the game came out i just missed it i was like i was playing pc games i'm playing duke nukem but i missed it in 96 <laughs> like um uh, yeah, so weird, weird stuff. It's so weird. Like random people pick up your opinion and then have comments, and you're like, "What? Who? I don't." It's Twitter's a weird fucking place. I don't know what to yeah. say. <laughs> like, yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> so especially now that I've crossed the a thousand followers. Oh no, you crossed the thousand follower mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As 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 Mike said, I crossed the threshold. Um, <laughs> he said, "Yeah, now now the the the, the eye is on me and shit." Twitter uh, randos jump into my mentions. And it's just like, oh dear Christ, what 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 have I done? What have I done? Oh, I think I saw that happen to you and who else? Um, somebody else. Like as soon as they crossed one thousand, they had a tweet blow up, and then I think Mike was like, yeah, you cross that one thousand mark, it's like there's trouble. It's just like people come out of the woodwork. I was yeah. like, might be on Mike, something. Yeah. Mike warned us all, and we didn't listen. <laughs> we didn't my, listen. My, Mike was the first one of us to like to cross over a thousand, and, and it just. <laughs> his mentions went to shit and he was like, he was warning us. And then we all crossed the, you know, I crossed a thousand, my buddy Chris crossed a thousand. Well, he crossed a thousand before me. Um, our, our buddy, Brandon, he, he's got like almost like 4,000 followers and shit. So his mentions are always fucking wild, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is some, you know, oh, well, it's Twitter and shit. It's a fucking wild and crazy place. <laughs> It's yeah, it's it's a wild place. I, I'm just on there for the few people that I do that I do like and like to keep up with stuff. But otherwise, I'm like probably wouldn't be on there. But um, I met yeah. plenty of good people, so I mean it's worth it. But yeah, there's some weird shit. People just and assholes that come out of the woodwork, and it's like, who are you? Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> all right, enough enough Twitter. But uh, um, okay, so you mentioned crawl, which is funny. Speaking of alligators, I watched alligator from 1980 mm. uh with robert forster for the first time because scream factories put the 4k out recently mm-hmm. um because it's one of those movies that was like impossible to see um then i was like i gotta see alligator in 4k <laughs> and uh i mean it was basically exactly what i kind of imagined it to be <laughs> like kind of a jaws type riff but you know with an alligator in the city and i always thought the city was new york but apparently the city was chicago I didn't know that until I was watching the movie. Um, giant alligator because someone flushed a baby alligator down the toilet and uh, he ends up in the sewer and some company is throwing uh, pet or animals they've tested a chemical on and the alligator's eating them and he keeps getting bigger and bigger because of these hormones. <laughs> so they have this giant alligator who starts eating people and getting loose and terrorizing people in the city. Um and that's basically it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's not like a deep, a deep film and that's okay. It's, I mean, I had a ton of fun with it, but it's, uh, it's kind of exactly the movie I thought it was going to be. Uh, there are a lot of Robert Forster's fun. Cause I always see Robert Forster and stuff, especially like, like pre, you know, like younger Robert Forster. He's not that young. Cause it, they keep making jokes. Poor Robert Forster, his hair's thinning and everyone keeps making jokes about it in the movie. Um, and I was like, I'll leave the man alone. <laughs> 
right yeah. uh it's not that bad i mean but uh it's just weird touches it has these weird like comedic touches like that um i mean yeah, written, written by uh john sales i had no idea that was the case and then uh yeah. directed by lewis teague who i didn't realize had done a bunch of like uh stephen king stuff like cat's eye and cujo um yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a fun movie. I don't feel like I wasted my money on the 4K. It looked great. I was like, wow, this looks amazing. <laughs> so probably better than anybody thought it would ever look. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's a good time. Have you seen Alligator? <laughs> I have, but not like the la- the last time I remember watching it was uh, on Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. Oh, okay. Which is, yeah. Which, which shows you just how long it's been since I've seen it. <laughs> but uh, I-, I remember enjoying it. Uh, I remember enjoying it, but like, yeah, I definitely got to get that 4K because uh, I, w- I would like to revisit it, uh, especially after now that uh, it's become known that uh, Brian Cranston actually worked on the movie. Um, oh, he, 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 act- <laughs> yeah, he, he, he um, his job was as um, uh, to, to help stuff the, the alligator with blood and guts. <laughs> that, that was his job on the movie. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and, and like, and, and shout out to Brian Cranston, too, because um, uh, someone pointed out that um, when they do, the, like, those special features, um, you know, sometimes they get actors back and sometimes they don't. Or sometimes, you know, uh, usually, like, especially nowadays, like, when they want to do special features, you know, you do, like, Zoom call. But no, they got Brian Cranston in studio, like oh, actually nice. <laughs> sat down with him and shot him in studio. And he's not even in the movie. He just helped stuff the alligator with guts. And, and he, the man came in to talk to them in studio. So shout out to Brian Cranston for that. You know, <laughs> so I, I like when that happens. Like, because I say it all the time, I like when actors um, who have gone on to big success, they actually... Um, give uh credit to like their their humble beginnings like if they'd done like a slasher movie uh when they were younger as you know was an up-and-coming actor or like his case he worked on as a you know production assistant or whatever and like you know they actually not you know show love to that you know like uh i always like to point out um how uh, uh like kevin bacon always you know you know mentions the fact that he was on Friday the 13th he could just ignore it like the right. way Jennifer Anderson the way Jennifer Anderson ignores the fact that she was in Leprechaun that's who I was thinking uh, of actually <laughs> I, yeah, was like, yeah, I yeah. was like will she acknowledge that or not I guess not is the answer yeah doesn't want to talk yeah. about it <laughs> yeah or like uh recently uh Renee Zellweger talking about when she was in a uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre the next generation and how that was a big deal for her and like she's very appreciative and proud of the work she did on the movie you know the even if she she still refuses to allow her likeness to be used on the cover, <laughs> because they uh, they yeah. their Shout Factory released a Blu-ray of it not too long ago, and they had her and Matthew McConaughey on the cover, and uh, Shout Factory or Screen Factory was um, told to they could not do that, so they had to remove their likenesses from the cover, which is like oh, you know, <laughs> oh, that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, I remember that now, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that that's a shame, but. Um, the, the, she did do an interview where she was like, yeah, I'm proud of the stuff I did and, you know, very grateful, you know, for them giving me lead role and stuff. So, I, yeah, I like when, you know, actors who become really famous now acknowledge the fact that they were in um, low-budget horror movies back in the day, you know. That, you know, I, I, that makes me really happy, you know, in comparison to the, the amount of actors who just, like, I was in what? No, I, 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 I didn't do that shit. <laughs> yeah i i'm with you i uh it does always kind of bother me a little bit 
when like an actor just does it, it won't acknowledge they were in like some low budget horror movie. And it's like, especially if they're doing well now, it's like, why can't you just talk about, I mean, you're doing fine now. Why don't you just look back and be like, oh yeah, it was just a fun horror movie I did. You know, it's so weird. Sometimes they're like, I don't want to talk about it. It's like, unless they had like a really miserable experience or something bad, you know what I mean? Like, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it's weird sometimes when it's like, come on, you're doing fine. You're in movies, you're making tons of money. Like, you know, why don't you want to talk about the little horror movies? <laughs> you know, it's kind yeah, of, absolutely. Yeah. I don't absolutely. get it. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, alligator is fun. I recommend the 4k. It is loaded with stuff. It looks great. Uh, screen factory did a good job on that one. Um, yeah. so, okay. And the only thing I'll mention, cause I, I told you before, I was like, I'm watching a bunch of stuff for podcasts and other shows. So, uh, speaking of Twitter, there was a lot of talk recently about a certain director. Uh, this will probably be old news by the time this comes out, but still, uh, Steven Spielberg was like the hot topic of Twitter. Oh um, yeah. And you know, it got a little out of hand, a little ridiculous. Cause I don't even know. I think the original point was somebody posted a shot from West side story. It was like, look how good this looks. Then it became this whole thing about people like appreciating him and his work and some people shitting on it and saying like Spielberg's not that great a director I think that might have been overblown but it felt like some people were like why you guys lose your mind over this it's whatever and mm-hmm. um I, I just was like we all need to remember Steven Spielberg is like one of the greatest directors of all time <laughs> like yes. um like let's not get you know I just I, it makes me so mad because I I'm not gonna sit here and pretend I think I talked with Lindsay on the, uh, her show about this because we did E.T. and Mac and me <laughs> and uh I kind of admitted that I've kind of underappreciated Spielberg, you know, through periods. And like, there's a period um, a lot of people go through if they're trying to be cool and like into cooler, more independent movies where Spielberg might not be your guy because he's so mainstream, you know, it's like, yeah, um, yeah. and you think, oh, well, whatever, Spielberg's mainstream and he's like making blockbusters and he's not that cool. Like, but it's like, but he's so good. He's so good at making movies. Like, um, so I watched Duel from 1971, which I'd never seen before. Mm. Um, and so this was great because the Twitter stuff was like, I got to watch more Spielberg movies. <laughs> So I had this like really nice Spielberg collection I'd bought a couple years ago. Um, I think it's most of his universal stuff and uh, um, Duel was in there. And I was like, I'll just start. I'll go back to Duel. And uh, Duel's great. Duel's like the best version of that movie you could make because it's just like a guy out uh, commuting, a guy like from, from uh, his job to home, I think he's trying to get. And he's just out driving. He kind of just angers this truck driver with a little kind of, you know, a typical thing happened on the road to anybody and the truck drivers in this very old, scary truck. And he just keeps fucking with him the rest of the movie, yeah. uh, follows him around, you know. Um, and it's like an amazing, there's so many amazing car chase. Uh, it's, just, it's like this long car chase. I mean, it does stop for other things. I almost said it was a 90 minute car chase. That's not true. But it's it has all these great things. Oh, Bullet was the talk too. Bullet, the thing about yeah. him re- remaking or doing a new version of Bullet. And if you think, I think some people were like, he can't do action. It was like, what? It's like, <laughs> go watch Duel and just see how well he can shoot a car chase. Um, and I'm sure he'd probably be better at it now because he's been doing this so long. <laughs> so um, it's just crazy how good Spielberg was like from the jump. And he, he shot Duel in like something crazy, like 10 or 12 days, like yeah. um, just bananas, like to do this this quickly. And um, just one of those guys, I feel like it's just a natural filmmaker, like, uh, since a kid, it's like he's picked up a camera and just knows what to do with a camera, you know, like he just knows how to shoot stuff. And yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, so yeah, really hot take. Spielberg's really great. And so is Duel. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, you've seen Duel, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I thought I remember you saying like Duel's awesome. Yeah. So it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love Duel. Duel's actually one of my top favorite uh, Spielberg movies. Um, 
I actually had the pleasure of it. Like this was, I, I can't even remember. This was definitely more than a few years ago. But I definitely, I, I had the pleasure of actually watching it in theaters. Um, my local uh, Alamo Draft House Theater, they, they had a screening of it. I was, uh, my, 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 my date at the time, she had never seen it. So uh, I was like, yeah, let, let's go see Duel. You know, and uh, she, 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 she thoroughly liked it. She liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I like it because it's just so simple, you know, and, yeah. and so, like, you know, <laughs> unnerving, you know, it's like it, it, the tension is really racked up to like a thousand. And, uh, you know, you got Dennis Weaver in there, McLeod himself, you know, just uh, just giving the full out, just awesome performance. Um, it, yeah, yeah, I, I really like Duel. I know um, we were talking about it in the Discord world and uh, where Mike was like, um, he likes Duel. But uh, he's like, yeah, Breakdown is the best version of that movie. And, you know, I love Mike, but I'm like, eh, Mike, I don't know. You know, <laughs> I mean, I like Break, I like Breakdown, but um, I, I, I like Breakdown a lot, actually. Like Breakdown, yeah, cool. me of course, too. You know, it, yeah. has, it has Kurt Russell in it, but um, I don't know if it's better than Duel. I don't, I don't <laughs> know, if, like, like, essentially, if Breakdown is better than Joyride. With uh, Paul Walker and Steve Zahn. Oh, Joyride's pretty great. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, of Joyride yeah. a lot during Duel. Like, Joyride took a lot from Duel, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joyride definitely took a lot from Duel. But, like, you know, it, Joyride is, is a fun, just just a fun-ass movie. So that's that's another one that, the, like, you know, you don't see people talking about much anymore. Like, because Joyride is really fucking great. Um, you got John Dahl in there, who's just a, a master filmmaker who people don't really talk about anymore. Uh, and it's a shame because he's he's great you know the kill me again um red rock west the last seduction you know joyride like all oh, just yeah. Fed, yeah all fantastic fucking movies the fantastic track record that he has and it's like why don't we talk about this man you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's true he's very underrated because i just watched last seduction and red rock west both in the past actually maybe a few months or past year for sure red rock west very recently um liked them both a lot and then yeah, Joyride's great. Um, yeah, they don't. He just, he's not talked about a lot. I don't really know why, but yeah, makes really good be. thrillers. Yeah, yeah, he should he should be he should be because he's fucking great. Yeah, um, makes great thrillers. And uh, uh, yeah, Duel is like the thing about Duel versus Breakdown too. We were talking about like I'm like all right, Breakdown has Kurt Russell, who's one of my guys, so that's a big plus. And I mean, they had more money, they had more time. That's a, that's made by that's a theatrical movie duel was a tv movie yeah that he had very little time on and limited resource and i do appreciate he talks about there's a great interview with spielberg also on the blu-ray that's like 30 minutes after uh, i watch after the movie and um i just love hearing him talk about movies because he talks about it in this way that is not like pretentious and just very like you know you know just a guy that loves movies basically and has fun making movies and was talking about how they shot everything and um how he planned it out and uh yeah, I mean, but yeah, he keeps tension up for like the whole time in duels. Very suspenseful. Um, mm-hmm. It's great. It's great. I'm I, I gotta watch more. There's still a lot of Spielberg's I haven't seen. I was telling, I was saying this uh, maybe in the Discord. I can't remember, but I'm like definitely and post 2000 Spielberg. I'm real like deficient on that. <laughs> like, because um, I kind of yeah, I mean, I, I'm guilty of it too. I kind of was like took it for granted because I'm like, eh, he's always good. You know, <laughs> he's always yeah. so good. We just kind of like, but yeah, I got to go back and catch up on some stuff. So, um, but. Uh, but yeah, that was really all I had was, was those, two th- those two things to bring up. So um, I guess we can go ahead and and jump into censor now, um, mm. which I'm excited to talk about because yeah. uh, I thought this movie came out just in 2020, 2021. Um, 
very underrated. Uh, I will ask your thoughts first about Sensor because I'll, I'll let you go first. I'm curious, like, what made you really want to talk about this movie in particular? Well, um, first, I have to point out that uh, everything about Sensor, like, it features the hallmarks that make it a 100% Rob movie. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Sensor um, is 100% my shit. Uh, like if if you want to understand what makes me tick as a film fan, like the stuff that like like that excites me, you know, the stuff that I'm just like, you know, salivating for, you know, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, sensor sensor is a perfect example. Like it's it's it, it's among the list of movies that recent movies that is just like 100 raw movies. It's it's sensor, and then uh, the rest are. I'll go in alphabetical order. Arch Enemy, um, which you'll, um, I, I still can't, I don't know how to pronounce that man's last name. Manginello? Manginello? Sounds right. I'm not good at either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I missed that one. Yeah. But uh, I know okay. my, I know my ex, uh, Diane, she would know how to pronounce it because she loves that man. <laughs> uh, you know, he was in uh, the, the Magic, Magic Mike. Mike. I think yeah. most women like that man. So yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she loves him so much. She hates Sofia Vergara just being married <laughs> to him. Yeah. I was going to so say, he's like, Sofia Vergara. So yeah, it's yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, she, she's like, fuck that bitch. She, she's like, man. And it's like, you never had a chance with him. I don't know why you're fucking mad. <laughs> she's like, shut up. <laughs> it's like it's like him and Jason Momoa, and she, she's like sitting there, like, "Oh, those are my husbands," and like they don't even know who you are. Like, you, you need to fucking relax. <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, it's Arch Enemy, uh, Brawl in Cell Block uh, Ninety Nine. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, Mandy. Yep. Mm-hmm. O- only God forgives. Uh-huh. And, and uh, Psycho Gorman, as well okay. as Censor. Those are like, if you want to know, like. The, the kind of shit that makes me just go nuts over cinema it's it's those movies like the, the most recent ones like there's a shitload of other movies and, which are innumerable at this point because I just love cinema but those are a perfect example of like the shit that I'm into like censor is like really shit like we talked about like you know it this being about centered around film and filmmaking in a sense um and like that 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 gets that, that gets me going every time, but also like you know stylistically, it's just beautiful. Also, it's very cerebral. I love that you know stuff that plays with your mind, makes you question everything that you've seen. the The acting is top notch and it's great. Um, particularly uh, the lead performance by uh, uh, Neve uh, Algar. Um, I was gonna ask you to pronounce that name because I saw the name yeah. and I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. I thought it was Niam Algar, but I think she's. Irish? She's, I, yeah, she's Irish and it's pronounced Neve. Oh, okay. Those Irish names are yeah. tough. Like I, I look yeah, at them, yeah. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, don't worry. I, uh, I was, I watched an interview with her that's on the, the, the one of the discs because I actually have two copies of this movie. I have uh, the regular um, magnet uh, DVD that I got at Walmart, and I also have the the wonderful Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray that. They I was gonna um, ask you if you pick that up. Yeah. That... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was definitely picking that up. I, <laughs> my, my 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 buddy Patrick, because I told him that I got the, the DVD because he's a fan of the movie as well. And he was like, "Oh, like you know, the the Blu-ray was coming off of Vinegar Syndrome. Oh, I'm getting that too. I'm definitely double dipping on this one. You know, I, I don't give a shit. I, I I love this one, so I, I don't care. I'm definitely double dipping. Like yeah. So I got uh, the DVD and the 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 wonderful Blu-ray, which is the, the um 
the case is just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just wonderful. I love the way Vinegar Syndrome does their like casings, like the packaging. It's just yeah, wonderful. Yeah, they feel very well made, like sturdy. And that one is crazy because it has like an outside like slip cover and then an inner slip cover. <laughs> and yeah. like, uh, it's, it's, they've done a lot of good work. I think that's one of the best Vinegar Syndrome discs that I own. Like it's, and there's so many, there's a lot of good material on there. I feel bad. I didn't get to watch as much of the, uh, like extra stuff as I wanted to. Cause I kind of waited last minute. And I was like, Oh crap. There's a lot of stuff to look at here. Like, yeah. um, and I wanted to watch this documentary at the video nasties. It was like an hour and a half long. I was, Oh crap. I thought it'd be like a 30 minute thing. Um, it's full length. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, it's one of the nicest things they put together. I think and that's probably, it's cause of VSU thing. So they go a little heavier yeah. on those, I think, but yeah, it's a really nice, uh, set. If people are fans of sensor, you gotta own that. If you don't already, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, something you just mentioned is, is another reason why um, I enjoyed this movie as much as, as I did, because it, 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 it centered around the whole era of the video nasties. And I find that era so fascinating. Me too. Yeah, that's when, when I heard the hook for this movie, I was like, I'm in, you know? <laughs> yeah, almost, almost definitely. <laughs> most definitely. Like, yeah, because I find that whole era fascinating, just video nasty, because it's just such a crazy time you know where they would just you know any movie they deemed like to be too violent in in their mind in their opinion uh they they would do whatever they could to castrate it in a sense or like outright ban it and you know they were just keeping it from the public and all that stuff and i just find all that fascinating you know like just the, the, the way they just you know censored these movies you know no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, like I find all that stuff just like really wild, you know, and, you know, to, to look at it, like actually how it happened, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they did their research and how like it actually went down with all the, the censoring and all that stuff, because it's crazy in comparison to because we talk about, you know, uh, American movies being censored per se and, um, you know, like being forced to make cuts, you know, to get it to like an R rating. Mm-hmm. But like in comparison to way like the British do it, you know, it's 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 actually a bit better in the American side because for, from what I know that in America, like when you submit your movie to the MPA, you know, the ratings board, they they can't tell you what to cut out. They can right. only they, they can <laughs> only suggest. Yeah, you yeah. know, because then you know that would be considered censoring. You know what I'm saying? So they they only suggest like ah, oh, this is a little too violent here. So you have to make a guess about like what's too violent. You know, when you cut a frame out and another frame out, and then you resubmit it, and like until you get the R rating. But you could still get the movie released. You know, without there. You know, obviously it won't get. You know a big push because, you know, a lot of theaters won't showcase an unrated picture. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you won't get the, that big push that, that you're looking for in order to get the film to succeed, but you can still get it released over in, in, in Great Britain. They'll, they'll, when you submit it for certification, you know, that the 12, the 15 or the 18, they'll take your movie and they'll watch it. And they'll cut it out for you. Like this comes out, this comes out, this comes out. Or they'll just outright ban it and you can't show it at all, which is fucked up. It is fucked up. Yeah, I was saying, at least we aren't, as far as I, they're usually outright banning stuff in America. You know, like that's the crazy part of the video nasties. Like they were just outright 
ban things and then they'd be impossible to get but that makes them so much more like <laughs> if someone hears about a banned movie it's like i gotta fucking see that movie um right. completely ass backwards to be like let's ban it and then it's like oh but now we make it like completely uh this forbidden thing everybody wants to see um yeah i mean so yeah at least we're not banning things outright but that is the crazy part about i'm also kind of fascinated with the whole video nasties era like it's just a weird time of really strict uh censorship and crazy government overreach of like you know let's like literally just ban your movie or cut it ourselves like which is just killing going and gutting somebody else's art you know it's just a crazy concept and 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 not even like with no artistic uh, nature to it at all. Like they would just cut it out and just completely fuck up the flow of your movie and not give a shit about it. Like I remember, um, uh, Twentieth uh, Century Fox, uh, like years ago, released a double feature of uh, the the original Tales from the Crypt movie and oh, wow. the Vault of Horror. The Vault of Horror on the double feature, you know, those amicus um, uh, anthologies that they like to do. And uh, the Vault of Horror one was the cut version. And uh, have you seen the Vault of Horror? No, I've seen Tales from the Crypt. I don't think I've seen Vault of Horror. I don't think I've seen that one. All right, so I won't say much. So uh, <laughs> there, 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 there's a, um, a tale in there, like an episode, so to speak, a segment um, that features vampires. And there's a segment where, like, a guy gets... Um, I don't know what do you call it when you like uh like you shove something like like in a keg of beer like in it and it pours out the beer. Um I don't know what you call those things, but uh uh the vampire shove it in his neck to pour out the blood so they can drink it. Oh uh. <laughs> um and in the version that was on the DVD, like uh because I seen actually the uncut version, I ended up seeing the actual uncut version, and it's like a a slow push-in shot of a, the guy hanging upside down. He's like, as they're pouring the blood on his neck. And then the version on the DVD is just a still shot. And the the the, the horror that they put in his neck is blackened out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and it looks fucking ridiculous. And it's just like, <laughs> like it really stops the, the tail dead in his track. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that you sounds know? terrible. That's <laughs> a horrible yeah. way to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yo, like, it's really surprising. Like, when it happens, it's, oh, what the fuck just happened? What is, what, what's going on here? You know, and it's just like, and then you realize that as I watch the rest of the movie, you, I'm realizing I'm watching cut version. You know, like, there's a later tale where um, dude gets a hammer driven into his skull and shit. And it's literally just a, a still shot of the hammer in his head and it's just not moving. And then he's just dead. And it's just like, oh my God. And it's like, this is what you poor people had to go through when you wanted to watch horror and they just fucking cut the shit out, you know, as, as they felt fit. And it's like, this is 100% bullshit, you know? Yeah, it's not, uh, it's not great. And it's like, I know so we, the NPA gets a lot of shit here, but yeah, at least they weren't going as far as the British censors. And um, yeah, like then you end up just doing, and there's a scene where, uh, uh, the main character Enid goes to uh, like a video store and kind of has to ask the guy, like it's like a backroom porn deal almost, where she's yeah. like looking for the movie and he's like, I don't want to get you. I hope you're not cops. Or he's like, I don't want to get in trouble for this. And goes like this closet and pulls out like the, the banned horror movie. And it's just like, um, I don't know. It just feels like banning, censoring stuff like that is it, never, uh, it never works out the way they play, <laughs> you know, like the censors. Like it right. just doesn't, uh, it's not a good idea, basically. And yeah, it's bullshit. Like you said, it's complete bullshit. So, um, yeah. 
that, that's actually one of one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it's like it happens like a drug deal. Yeah. Like you see you you see the 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 patron come in before she approaches the the guy at the counter, and they you know they they have it. Yeah, you got this, and he has to go under the counter and pass it to her, like he's passing her like a, a brick, excuse me, like a brick of cocaine or some shit. <laughs> like, like, yeah, here, here you go. You know what I'm saying? And it's like the fact that they have to do that with movies, you know, is just fucking incredible. You know, it's just <laughs> to be alive in that time, I just I can't even imagine. Right, so weird. having to having to watch movies like that where like I had to sneak it. You know, uh, it's, it's it's crazy it's just crazy like you know then that's 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 what made this movie all the more fascinating to me because it's set during the, that era of just like you know these people out here banning movies and just you know and it's centered around uh the main character enid who is a censor and like you know she's holier than thou uh like she she's really like oh i'm cutting this and i'm cutting that out you know what i'm saying so it's like it's really just uh, uh, you know you know, as far as being a great horror movie, you know, it's really just an, you know, it paints an incredible picture of, of what it was like during that era of the video nasties. And just, it made it all the more just great to me and important as, as, as a film, you know? Yeah, no, I, I get that. And uh, it's funny. Yeah. Cause it's, it's set in the eighties in Great Britain. And like, I know a lot of <laughs> more recent horror movies have been accused of kind of trying to do this eighties, um, look or feel and everyone's kind of got tired of it I think well I don't I think it works this movie I don't think they go overboard with it I mean it's supposed to be 1985 yeah. it's supposed to be the 80s and it's not like it's some new thing and it's like let's have an 80s vibe um, I think like the vibe and the look and the atmosphere of this movie is like incredible watching today that's kind of and that's what struck me the most the first time was like I love the look of this movie I love the feel of this with the sound like it has this amazing kind of like I guess you call it like synth wave kind of score. It's kind of droning. Mm -hmm. um, and I was thinking with the sound design, I don't know if you noticed this too, that I feel like for the whole like 80 minutes, you never feel comfortable because I, there's almost like a low key kind of droning sound, I think under the score or something where it just has this vibe of like, you're always uncomfortable. Like, yes. cause everything feels off kilter a little bit. Um, like even from the get go. Um, and they keep that going through the whole movie, which I think is pretty incredible. Like I was like, this movie really, it, it kind of sets it up from the get-go and its feel and its look and its sound. And it keeps it going for like the whole movie. And it just grips me the whole time, which is like what I was so drawn to. I, I think a lot of people, if I was reading the negative reviews, they were complaining about like, it kind of like loses them in like the last third Um or I don't know, is that the, there's some people who are just like kind of like shoulder shrug this movie. And I think it's a weird one to shoulder shrug at. I feel like it's, you know, I don't know. I just think it's interesting. People were like, eh, it was okay. And I'm like, okay. I mean, that's your opinion. It's fine. But it's like, to me, I just thought it was doing all these things that were so interesting. And it looked so good and had this cool vibe. And I'm like, I just was so interested in that. I don't know. <laughs> like, I know we agree. So <laughs> like, we're yeah, no, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. You know, it's the, um, you know, I I think people sometimes just have a problem with like slow burn horror films. You know, like uh, a lot of uh, horror fans have been conditioned to like you know give us the blood and the guts immediately. You know, <laughs> give us give us the jump scares all the time when your movie sucks. And it's like, I mean, that's fine if you like that, but you know, I, I appreciate stuff that takes its time. You know, it's just it, it's building to something. You know, and this one is definitely building to that last act where it's just completely just goes off the, 
the deep end, but in a good way, you know. Yeah, where, yeah. <laughs> where, where, where you, you, you know, you think it's one thing and then it becomes another and then it's just absolutely glorious, you know, <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's, it's a wonderful picture, you know, like, I, 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 I could kind of see where people come, you know, if they don't like it, it's like, eh, I get it, you know this ain't your thing but this is 100 percent my thing you know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is this is the kind of shit I, I i live for i live for movies like this so it's yeah. like to, to, to watch this shit it was just like yes yes give me more give <laughs> That's me more how i felt maybe it's so specifically like you said your shit it's definitely my shit too so it's like so specifically tuned to being our thing that i guess if people aren't on the wavelength they're just kind of like eh. but like i it has me from the get-go i'm a real sucker for like because I was thinking about Mandy too. I'm glad you mentioned Mandy. Like the colors in this are amazing. Like the reds and the blues and like mm-hmm. those kind of colors, like that color palette. Uh, it's like neonish and like, yeah, just the sound. I'm like, I'm a sucker for this kind of look. <laughs> like, no, um, yeah. 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 Me, me, me too as well. Like, you know, as, as a kid who, who grew up on watching Miami Vice, you know, those neon colors are just like, yeah, that's, that's a way to hook me into neon colors. This is another film I, I forgot to mention. Um, that does that really well is uh that also has Nicolas Cage, uh the color out of space. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, the color out of space is is, is another movie that's one hundred percent my shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, like you know, just when it just drenches that and those just those reds and those blues, where in color out of space uh, case uh, purples, mm-hmm. and and it's just like yeah, I I, I love that when you know. Because, because you know, there's certain filmmakers out there when they try to go for that look, they don't necessarily know how to do it correctly, so they like oversaturate it with like neon colors, and you just drown it out, and it's just like, ah, this doesn't look good. But um, th- this one definitely know how to uh, do that. Um, filmmaker uh, Prano Bailey Bond, um, this was her first uh, major feature. She had did a short before that, which was basically the basis of what this movie essentially became a being. Uh, like yeah, she's absolutely fantastic in the way she uses the colors in this movies and the you know and the way she shoots everything. I love the fact that um, majority of the time she shoots Enid it's like from the back and you know these tracking shots, you know just following her around and and, and I love that and it's just it's just an absolute glorious you know visually and just like the thematically. It's just a wonderful thing, you know. Like I love like yeah. movies that deal with like psych, like like I said, cerebral psychological stuff, you know, where it tries to put us in the head. You know what I'm saying? It just completely just twists us around. Uh, especially that ending. Um, I don't know if you want to get into the ending now, but like the ending is just fucking is absolutely um, <laughs> wonderful. To, like the way it plays out, but like yeah, at the same time, incredibly devastating. Like I know me and Lindsay were talking about devastating endings. Uh, in the last episode I did for our show where we talked about the conversation and blowout and we talked about how the endings of both of those movies were devastating. This is ending of this movie is fucking devastating, you know? Yeah. And like sad and creepy and yes. uh, just very effective. That's that uh, people say, okay. People say it goes off the rails in the last act. That might be some of my favorite stuff because like, I, I felt like I knew it was heading somewhere kind of like that. Like I knew it was kind of, veering toward disaster basically like it doesn't feel like it's gonna end in a warm and fuzzy way and we're kind of getting to spoilers if people haven't seen censor but um i didn't really give up you set up a little bit about how uh enid is a a censor for the um uh, your british video nasties and uh she's you know kind of like really high and mighty and she sees this one movie that she thinks she sees her sister her sister was lost as a kid her parents 
want to just kind of finally say like, you know, she died. We're going to say she died. Finally, Enid is very against that. It's like, no, no, we can't give up. Um, so she's really hanging on to that. So she's a movie where she thinks she's her sister. It was like, oh, she was taken. She forced this movie. It makes this whole thing in her head and goes to find this director. She thinks made the movie and go to the set and uh, yeah, just set that up. And like, so yeah, that ending, I kind of knew, I was like, we're heading somewhere bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, and I kind of love how crazy it gets at the end. Cause you feel like the whole time it's like the breaking down of Enid's psyche you know, it's like the whole time it's like, that's clearly what's going on. And uh, it's getting worse and worse. Um, and I feel like I'm gonna ask you about this. I'm curious, because I, I feel like the pivotal part is when she goes to that producer's house. Uh, and I ba he basically tries to assault her. And she struggles with him and kills him. And he gets a very like, kind of horror movie death. It's like a statue through the back of his head comes out of his mouth. And I feel like a look on her face. She's seen all this fake violence in movies. And I feel like something really snaps in her when she sees like some really horrific stuff in front of her in real life. Because then the movie kind of really heads to that off the rails ending. I don't know if you probably think about that part. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that is basically the 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 starting point to like would basically uh, devolve into like this. This, I mean, I, I personally think that something was always wrong with Enid. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like. She she's had issues for for the longest time, and just this one pivotal moment, you know, when she thinks she sees her her sister, um, is like just the outlier to where like it just becomes worse and worse and worse until so she finally snaps, and it just like and just basically goes into complete madness at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like yeah, definitely definitely that because like you know there's there's like a sense of like oh shit what did I do but then it's like oh whatever. <laughs> you know, kind of, kind of thing. You know, and it's just like, yeah, Enid has snapped at this point. Like, it, it, there, there's no coming back from this one. You know, it's just greatly. And then, uh, you know, coupled with uh, what she eventually ends up doing at the very end. You know, it's just like, yeah, my uh, my girl here is completely gone. Like, yeah. there, there there's absolutely nothing left as far as like a, a sane person. You know, Enid is just completely just, you know, she's beyond Pluto. You know, by this point, she, <laughs> she's fucking gone. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know what to call it, but, like, I'm just going to call it the psychotic break has happened yes. when she's on that film set. And, yeah, it's like she's completely lost it, um, starts going crazy. It becomes a very violent, uh, bloody ending. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of that's kind of where I thought it was heading. I didn't know exactly how it was going to play out. Uh um, I do love, I mean, I, I love when it, we're going into like the last act, she's driving the film set and the aspect ratio slowly yes. starts to get smaller and smaller and smaller, um, from like widescreen to basically, uh, you know, TV screen size at that point, um, and, uh, keeps shrinking on us. And I'm like, oh, this is the first time it's, it's so subtle at first. I really wasn't paying attention. Um, and I was like, oh shit, the aspect ratio shrinking. <laughs> and I was like, it's a great kind of, I think way to kind of show that. Uh, I, I almost feel like reality is kind of like she's kind of losing reality at that point. You know, it's like oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's falling off around her. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. I, so at least it's not, you sound like you like the last act too, because that's where I saw a lot of the criticism was the last act. 
but I love the last act. So I'm glad it's like you're on board with me. So. No, no, yeah, I, I love the last act, um, particularly because it also becomes incredibly violent in the last act. So you know, that's my shit. But, uh, <laughs> but like, yeah, like I, I love that. I love the you know the shrinking of the aspect ratio, where it basically just becomes a box in the middle yeah. of the screen. <laughs> but also, um, what I what I loved about that uh also about like you know because that's basically an indication that you know she's losing it you know what i'm saying and just the way everything is closing in on her you know it's like her, her psyche is shrinking you know and, and i love how it's done so subtly you know it's just like you don't even realize it's happening until it's like it's almost like oh shit look it's like it's like a box in the middle of the tv now yeah. you know <laughs> it's a little square but i also love how like the, the, the indicator of that uh that that she's losing it because Enid has this tight up hairdo for a majority of the picture until like the final act of the movie. Oh yeah. You know, like this really tight, you know, hairdo where it's it's up all the time. It's up all the time. But as the movie goes along, you see like the hair subtly start to come looser and looser, like to where it's like, you know, strands are coming more down, uh, stuff is becoming messier. Until the last act, where if the hair finally comes down, you know, and then it's just you know this that's a, another indication where it's just like she's losing it, she's losing up, oh, she's lost it. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know, the hair the hair is out. She's completely lost it at this point. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, she looks real crazed when like she's got blood on her. The hair is down, you know, because she is so. Especially when you first see the movie, she's so kind of put together looking. I feel like. Um, uh the hair is up he's like a tight like bun i think she has going on and she just yeah, seems yeah. so reserved and uh closed off and um the more we learn i think the more we understand why she's like that um with her like backstory and tragedy is when she was a kid uh it, i was gonna say this i um it's funny we talked all of the video nasties at the beginning and i was thinking today i was like i mean you could really watch this and know next to nothing about the video nasties besides someone tells you like oh yeah in the 80s they were censoring horror movies like crazy in Britain and they had censors and that's it. And because then the whole movie, I think it's so interesting because it's about this woman uh, who's really got some deep seated issues. Like you said, she's got problems and like, she probably someone should have got her help a long time ago. Like when she was a kid, um, they still, they kind of insinuate that she might've had something to do with her sister's appearing. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She murdered her sister. Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. Cause I, I kind of like that they leave it. They don't directly answer the question. I mean, you could definitely think that. Um, yeah, they leave it open to interpretation, but I truly believe she murdered her sister. Yeah, this time, this time on second watch, I'm like, you know, I think she did murder her because I think that was there, and I think she really buried it, repressed it, and uh, yeah, and yeah. why she that's doesn't want to admit that she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's my interpretation of it. She she murdered her sister, and she's uh, repressed it, but like the guilt is overtaking it, so it's like you know, it's basically just eating away at her um psychologically to the point where she thinks like you know she can save her in some way but uh she definitely murdered her sister like you know when she watches <laughs> that video nasty and she sees like the the the, the mood the way it plays out it kind of reminds her you know it's it's an obvious like you know that's reminding her what she did and it makes her sick and it's like yeah she murdered her sister she definitely <laughs> murdered her sister i mean yeah. in my interpretation like like you said you could look at it and be like you know, you can see it like you know any old way, but uh, I truly believe that that's exactly what happened. She murdered her sister. 
Yeah. I mean, on the second watch, I, I tend to agree with you more. The first time I was very like open-ended. I'm like, well, it could have gone either way. This time I'm like, no, no, I think she definitely murdered her. And it's just really deeply repressing that and doesn't want to confront it. And I mean, yeah, there's just so much interesting stuff going on with her psyche. And like, I think there's a lot of good stuff about um, what people kind of imprint on things they see watch like or they put meaning on it that's not there for themselves if that makes sense like um it just this idea of you know people watch all kinds of things and like it's uh, you know it might to them they really it, they get obsessed with it in a certain way like no it must mean this it must be this like she she's so obsessed with her sister that she sees her in this movie and she's not you know really there you know but yeah. but she gets the idea stuck in her head is so obsessed with it that it's like a she can't shake it you know it's like it's just in there at that point um i mean yeah there's so much stuff about like yeah the censorship and media and like how people uh, take media and i don't because yeah i don't think the movie's saying anything about like that these movies actually cause cause people to be violent i think it's almost like no no people would already have issues (laughs) and like the last step would be like the the real maybe violent media or so you know maybe that's i don't know i'm just kind of trying to talk it out <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's like it's like you know, we we're talking about scream and there, there's something that billy says in there um after sydney says um you guys watch too many too many movies and he said and billy goes no 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 don't blame the movies movies don't make cycles movies make cycles more creative <laughs> and, and that's yeah. that's basically that's basically it like you know this movie is a perfect example of like it's it's um, you know, it's against the video analysis because it, you know, it uses um, uh, a sensor as its main protagonist. And it's basically like how hypocritical that was. It's like, oh, you know, we're fine, but you guys are not fine. So we're going to make these decisions for you, you know, where it's like, uh, this won't happen to us. And we watch these movies all the time. But if you watch these movies, you're going to become a psycho and fucking murder somebody. <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is which is bullshit. You know what I'm saying? It's like I don't I don't need you to fucking make that decision for me. You know, I I, I watched fucking movies like this since I was you know way too young to have been watching them, and I I turned out fine. The only thing that happened to me was I sit there and, and talk about movies like this with you on on the podcast. You know, <laughs> I'm perfectly fine. I'm not out there sitting there severing somebody's fucking head off. But like you know, they were so convinced that that was gonna happen. We were gonna watch a movie like. Uh, uh, um, asunder the you know one of the in in the uh, entitled movies uh, or Beast Man, and oh, we're yeah. just gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna go crazy and just start murdering everybody and shit. There's a bunch of horse shit, you know. Like like I said, that holier than thou attitude when it comes to uh, horror films and horror filmmaking, the horror fans that you know we're trying to save you, and it's like oh fuck off. <laughs> you know, we, 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 we don't need you to save us. You know, we're perfectly fine, you know, deciding this for ourselves. You know? Yeah. And it, like, and it, <laughs> I think that's, that's what works best about this movie is that it's the censor themselves who fucking go crazy. And it's like, these are the kind of people you have us protecting. They could have easily been just corrupted by the movie. But like, you know, also the fact that she had an outlaw, you know, um, something wrong with her from the get go. Mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, Ina definitely like like I said I truly believe she she murdered her sister and, you know and that was in the back of her mind the whole time you know what I'm saying and everything pressing you know she snapped uh, at, at, at the certain point and just got worse until she was fucking cutting people's heads off and you know putting axes in their chest you know that stuff and it's just like 
Yeah, you know, uh, it, 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 it could be anybody, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you're worried about us, and it, it could easily be you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I love that point, too. It's like that the censors are like, no, no, we can handle this, but you guys can't. And they're just watching this stuff all day long, and like, uh, that holier-than-now attitude, and uh, this may be like a real tangent, but I'm just thinking of, because I just talked about somebody, it's like kind of, it's not a super recent news story, but I, it's not all the time, but there are these when some families like super religious families who like completely um, cut their kids off from any kind of like modern media. And all they do is like, you know, read the Bible and they don't, <laughs> and they don't watch any kind of stuff. Like, I don't know if you heard about the Duggar family had the oh, TLC yeah, yeah. show. And then, oh, yeah. I know so they sheltered the hell out of these kids. They couldn't do or see anything like hear no modern music. Blah, blah. And then the oldest son turns out to be a fucking creep and is yeah. like, he like did horrible things to his own sisters and like i think had like child pornography on his computer like i think things like that and like and they sheltered this kid and it's like he still turned to be a fucking creep so it's like and i i had a friend friend when i was younger who was not that bad i'm just saying they went kind of they were sheltered until they were like 18 and they went like fucking nuts like they they were partying and like it was like they had so much pent up <laughs> you know crazy like energy that they were like when i was finally free i could do whatever i want um it's just this weird thing about like, they think if they shield people from the stuff, they won't do anything bad, which is like such a stupid, like stupid idea. Um, yeah, and, and, and essentially you could you could make it worse, you know what I'm saying? Because right. know, some, <laughs> some, some people were like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you can't predict this, you know? Uh, unfortunately, people are born with, you know, um, mental conditions and, you know, this is why we need this kind of thing in place, you know, you need like social workers and like, you know, people who are able to handle this kind of stuff because parents just think like, oh, I'm not, I, I won't show them the movie. I won't let them listen to the music and they'll be fine and shit. And it's like, sometimes, you know, horror movies could be cathartic, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a release, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, you watch these movies and, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know, we enjoy it, you know? I mean, it may make us sound like sick fucks, but... Um, <laughs> Like I enjoy it. Like like I said, like you know, all it did was make me want to talk about movies and make me want to make movies. You know, they make me want to fucking grab an axe and plant it between somebody's fucking eyes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I just yeah. I just wanted to fucking make movies and talk about movies and write about movies and shit. You know, <laughs> and, and like you know, you got these people who uh, they sh like you said they shelter their kids and think they're protecting them, and sometimes you're making it worse because all this stuff is built in. And then, you know, when they finally get old enough to go out on their own and shit, you know, God knows what they'll do. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's just, it, you just have to, you know, you know, sit with your children, you know what I'm saying? Have a conversation with them and, and know about them and stuff. You know, you think you're protecting them and you, you're obviously, I mean, not obviously, but like <laughs> you're basically, you could be basically making it worse, you know, by doing this kind of thing and sheltering them, basically keeping them prisoners. So all they're stuck is, they're stuck like in a room and shit with no music for movies, you know, basically just reading their Bible every day. And, you know, people snap, you know, and it's just like you, you got to let kids out to be kids, you know, do what they want to experience things. And, you know, horror movies are part of that discovery of themselves. And so be it, you know, just just let them out. Don't fucking shelter them because then these motherfuckers just. God forbid, like you know, the fucking W can and I feel bad too because my mother used to watch that goddamn show. Yeah, I that's know. that's how yeah. I yeah, that's how I knew about it. Like my mother used to watch that shit. And it's like, oh yeah, this this shit. And it's like, oh you know, I feel bad for 
<laughs> my mama, because she was she spent I was watching this motherfucker. He turned out to be a scumbag, you know? Right. I know. It's you get yeah, it's you get invested, and it's like, oh no, they're a terrible person. Uh it's like and I don't know about you, like I can watch movie violence like all day long. And I I mean I'll I'll wince at some stuff and be like, oh, that was crazy. But like, and we're both into movie making. So I would start to see stuff and I'm like, how did they do that? Like, I'm on like how they blow up the head in scanners. You know, I want to yeah. like, I'm more about, there's a distinct line for me. I mean, you know, like this is movie violence. This is real violence. I know like, I know like Tarantino's probably talked about this. Some people called him on his violence. He's like, it's movie violence. It's like, it's it, it, very easy. I mean, not everyone, obviously, but like for me to discern, like this is fake, <laughs> you know, like I'm not a gun guy in real life. In fucking movies, Guns are pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I like a yeah. John Woo movie. Um, I don't want people blasting away in real life. Like, I don't want to even own a gun. They, you know, but like in movies, I'm like, oh yeah, these are cool. Um, and um, I, I can't watch like real life violence. It's I have friends who can watch like actual violence happen. Like, I had some friend we were teenagers. He'd like go to the like I can't what the site was called, but it was like you could well, watch right dot com maybe. And there was one called like I think steak and cheese or something. <laughs> Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I definitely it was, know about rock.com, uh, but I, yeah. I never heard no fucking steak and cheese. <laughs> that shit sounds fucked up. It was weird. I don't know. And like, you just see the description. This is pre-YouTube. So you just see like a description. You don't even know what the fuck you're clicking on, Harley. It's like, uh, I can't think of an example. It's very, it could be very vague. You click on it. It's like a guy like cutting his own toe off or something, you know, like really doing it. And like, I couldn't watch that. I can't watch like surgery, like surgery shows. Like, I hate that shit. Um, so I, I don't know about you. I'm very, I can't do real violence or real blood and guts, but movie violence, I'm like, I can do it all day long. It's fine. Well, see, uh, I'm a bit different. Um, okay. See, I grew up I, I grew up in Brooklyn. So um, unfortunately, I, I've been present at a um, um, couple of uh, incidents of violence. Um, oh, when okay. I was like, when I was like seven, eight years old, I, I, saw, I saw a man. Well, I've seen two murders in, in, in my life, unfortunately, when I was very young. So like I... Uh, it's fucked up to say, but you know, at a young age, I became desensitized oh, to wow, it. Okay, yeah. You know, so you know, violence has never really bothered me per se when it comes to like you know movie violence because I've seen it really happen, you know, in front of me. So it's just like, yeah, you know, I've you know, you see shit happen uh, in the movies. And it's like uh, I've seen worse, you know. <laughs> unfortunately, <Yeah. laughs> you know, I, I've seen the shit actually happen. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I mean. Yeah, like, you know, but even that, you know, I mean, it did put me in, uh, seeing shit like that at a young age as a kid put me in a weird position because it's like, you know, you're, 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 you're a kid, you know, and, you know, you're supposed to be experiencing life, you know, and, you know, everything that comes with it, you know, and it, it's weird because you're, you're, you're a kid, but you have to take in this knowledge that, you know, shit could happen at any moment, you know like just walking out the door, you know, just something could happen. Like me and Mac, you know, who's my co-host on the, the Cinema Drunkies, but he's also my best friend since we were mm -hmm. both six. We're both, well, he's 38 now. I will be 38 next month. Um, you know, we've been best friends since we were both six. Uh, you know, we would hang out on our block and, you know, I mean, it wasn't like shootouts were happening every day, but they would happen frequent enough to the point where we had a rule where if a shootout happens and the bullets weren't coming in our direction, there was no need to move. Because, like, oh, you know, wow. your instinct is when you, when you hear shots go off, you know, like, oh, my God, let's get out of here. Mm -hmm. But, like, they would happen enough where it's just like, 
you know, we be talking and like bang, bang, bang. It's like, oh. And then you wait for a moment. It's like, all right, so I, like I was saying, you know what I'm saying? You go back to your conversation because, you know, you're not in any danger. And, you know, in, in a sense, that's a fucked up way for a child to live, you know what I'm saying? A teenager or whatever. But, you know, it, it's like, like I don't, I don't, I don't really like saying this much because you know it's like I, people sometimes don't understand, you know. Like you tell them that you know, like you experience real life violence and shit, and you just so it doesn't bother you. But like, yeah, it doesn't bother me. You know, I, I really just not bothered by violence at all. Like to to a certain extent, you know. Um, so movie shit is just like oh, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> Right. I I, I, yeah. I watch I watch shit happen in movies and shit and you know like yeah sometimes like you know makeup effects designers they'll they'll put together an effect where it's just like oh dude that's grody like that's fucked up <laughs> mm-hmm. um uh, I forgot what movie I was watching recently but it was like oh yeah it may have been the last matinee because uh that movie has a thing where it's like uh the killer likes to carve out people's eyes oh wow. and it, and it's just like <laughs> and it's just like oh that's fucked up yeah that's fucked up you know what I'm saying but uh. Yeah, like you know, it, it doesn't really bother me. So it's just like you know, yeah, you know, you're not you're not doing me like you're not saving me at this point by trying to save me for watching violent movies. And well, like, yeah, that that makes yeah. sense. You tell me yeah. all that. Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, my yeah, parents, my parents were very free too. Like you know, my parents, you know, didn't try to censor my thing at all, which I very much appreciate. You know, like I, I very much appreciated that my parents were just like you know. If he has any questions, like, you know, like, oh, why did this happen? Why did that happen? We'll explain it to him. Which, you know, parents, you know, you know, back, you know, a lot of parents back then and a lot of parents now, they don't do because, you know, they just feel like they don't want to sit down with their kids and explain something simple as this is fake. This right. is not real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Which is it, it take five minutes. Like, oh, we see the guy's head explode. That's a movie effect. It's not real. Like, you know, that guy's alive. <laughs> they just made it up and it was like they could do that and like yeah you know they make movies and they do that stuff and you know my parents were very much like that like hey that's not real you know uh i watched the gators like oh the, the, the creatures from the hole kind of get me no that's fake <laughs> they're not gonna get you you know what i'm saying like you know whenever i had a question it's not real it's fake you know it's it like that's more like that's better than just thinking like oh i'm just not gonna let him see these movies at all i'm not gonna let her see these movies at all you know, then you're doing them a disservice because, you know, then you can't have these conversations with them because you essentially don't want to have these conversations with them. You know, you want the filmmakers to do the job for you so you don't have to do it, you know, which makes you a shitty fucking parent in my book. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I mean, to your point, it's not a, it's not really a tough conversation to have. It's not like, uh, yeah, you just sit down and explain it to them. I mean, some kids might be too young to really kind of fully grasp what you're saying, but at least you tell them, like, you try to say, like, Okay, that's make believe. That's fake. You know, don't don't worry about that. Like my mom had to talk to me. She's like, "Freddy Krueger's not real. He's not going to get you." Right, right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, Bullshit, mom. I saw him on a commercial. He's it's like he's coming. <laughs> um, no, I uh, yeah, and it's funny. I think I told the story before, but like it was. You mentioned your parents are pretty like loose with like what you could see, and it was like my dad was pretty loose with what I could see. Like I've talked about seeing RoboCop and Terminator 2 before I was even like six years old. (laughs) And that shit is, that's violent. Like that RoboCop especially is like still one of the most violent things I've ever seen. Um, But then like, so yeah, he passed away when I was six. And then my mom tried to like put the genie back in the bottle as I say, because then she tried to put the foot down on like, okay, you're not watching anymore. These R-rated violent movies. And I was like, 
it was almost kind of like, oh, it's too late. I've already seen, like, I've already seen the mountaintop. And then like, he's trying to like say, I can't rent this in the video store, rent that. And I was like, but I've seen Robocop and Terminator 2. Like I've already, you know, I've been there, done. <laughs> um, right, right. No, I'm yeah. very much the same way. Like my parents would, like, I was six years old watching fucking Robocop on my own. Like um, I was watching Total Recall on my own and shit. Like my parents were like, oh, that's fine. It was like the, the one thing they fucking did that bugged me out was like if there was like sex scenes or nudity. Yeah. Like, oh, yep. oh, you got to cover your eyes and shit. But fucking Kenny in the boardroom getting eviscerated by Ed 209 and Robocop was perfectly fine. Totally fine. Like that's, he, he's yeah. blowing up all over the place, all over the boardroom, but that's Wins okay. Everywhere. I, yeah. I, can't, I, I can't see boobs, but I can see this dude being fucking exploded all over the place. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense, mom. Uh, that's like the most American idea. That's the most like puritanical, like, because um, you, you hear Europe is much more loose with like the sexuality more than the violence, and we're the opposite. Like, uh, that was, I, I had told the Starship Troopers story recently about how I could go see Starship Troopers, which is an, again, insanely violent movie. And I was allowed to watch all the violence, but like I was told to actually leave the theater completely. And they made me walk out, like, out the door when the nudity came up. <laughs> And I was like, yeah. I just watch all this shit go on and I can't see boobs for five seconds. <laughs> like, um, and it's so weird because sexuality is not the thing that's um, normally going to cause pain or hurt or like violence is like the thing that could fuck you up. But it's like, don't, don't see boobs. It's just such a weird, that's such a weird American, like a Christian nation type, you know, thing where like yeah. violence in the Bible, where there's not much sexuality going on. So it's like, that's cool to watch violence. Yeah, a lot of people are like that. I know where it's like you can watch this, but cover your eyes for the boobs. You know, <laughs> so it's yeah. funny. it's weird. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> um, yeah, it would be like get out of here. Uh, like I, I remember when I, I <laughs> my mom was watching Boogie Nights and I came downstairs and she was just like like i couldn't see the tv yet like it was where you could see her watching the tv but not see the tv because it was facing the other way and i'm coming through the doorway and she's like no stop get out of here he's like you shouldn't see this i shouldn't see this get out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. freaking out like um but yeah i mean i don't know that's just like our weird thing in america i think is like violence cool nudity no sexuality no <laughs> like yeah. that's a big thing yeah. in that Oh, sorry. I mean, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, have you ever seen this documentary called uh, "This Movie's Not Yet Rated"? No, I have not. Very good. I think you'd be very interested. It's about the MPAA, and this guy made this documentary. Um, I want to say it's about ten years ago, maybe a little older. Um, and he kind of looked into the MPA and how they work, and like, not as bad as the British censors, but they are fucked up because they don't make any sense because they have like they're not consistent with what they do. Um. And he made so many points about like, you know, how you could get away with so much violence and they'd give you P13 sometimes or an R, but like, it's so hard to get an X rating just for violence, but uh, sexuality, like, we're not going to rate your movie. Like there's a movie called The Cooler um, with William H. Macy. Um, maybe Tay Leone is the female lead, but there's a scene where they're like in bed together. And yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that one, but I know I know that. Yeah, and like the they were gonna get like an X rating for like two seconds of like seeing like her pubic hair or something, or it was like you couldn't see, or I think he was gonna go down on her, and it was like they have a weird thing with female pleasure too. Like the MPA is so fucking weird, <laughs> like so, women's sexuality and how the nudity is, and like just it's such a weird um thing, and they're so secretive about like who's in the MPAA and who's on the board and like um oh, it's fascinating it's a really good documentary because it's like it talks about also how 
if you're with like independent movie, much harder to get a rating. Like I know Trey Parker and Matt Snyder from South Park, um, they had made a movie, uh, Cannibal the Musical. It was like independent movie. And they couldn't get a rating for it because they were like some independent movie. And then as soon as they got a deal with like a Paramount, like a big studio for like South Park, they got a rating. <laughs> like, you know, they couldn't, or they couldn't get like a, a, basically the studio can help you get a rating. There's all kinds of fucked up stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but luckily not outright banning movies, but just fucking with them a lot and telling them go, go, like you said earlier, they don't tell you exactly what either. Like you just got to trim some of the violence. You got to trim some of the sexuality and you're like, well, okay, I guess I'll take my best shot at it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, ju- I just got to sit here and fucking guess what you want out. And then I bring it in and it's like, no, it's still too violent, you know? And it's like, well, what the fuck? And it's like, well, we can't tell you that. You just have to guess. I'm like, fuck you. Uh, th- th- this is why Wes Craven hated them. Wes Craven was just like, they were the bane of his existence. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can I think, understand. They're- I think he, like, the first uh, scream, he had to take it in like uh, quite a few times and shit before they gave it an R rating. He's like, oh, fuck you guys. <laughs> Yeah, they get so technical too. It's like maybe too much stabbing, or like sometimes they disagree with the tone of the movie, and you're like, "Well, what the fuck do I do about the tone of the movie?" You know, it's like um, so weird. I know there's like from Dustal Dawn thing I talked about Carmelita, where like um, they realized the MPA's problem with blood was that it was red, so they gave all the vampires green blood because you can drown yeah. in green blood. <laughs> it's like, but not not red. Um, so yeah, just that kind of weird shit. I don't know. They're fascinating <laughs> yeah which is weird because uh then you see something like um like ready player one and they recreate that the elevated door scene from the shining right and that and that was a pg-13 and it's like you do realize this is elevated doors pouring out fucking entire pools of blood right yeah. that's blood that was in the shining but uh pg-13 you know yeah spielberg could get away with that shit they that's what i was gonna it. say i mean it's spielberg it's a major studio they probably uh they probably a little more lenient on him. So. Yeah, they definitely. They was like, yeah, add more blood, Mr. Spielberg. It'd be great. It'd be great. You know, whatever like, you yeah, want, yeah. Mr. Spielberg. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, whatever you need. Whatever <laughs> you need. More blood, sir. Uh, so, yeah, they're they're weird. They're fucked up in a whole different way. But, um, man, I was gonna say, and I was I probably have a few more things to say about censor, but uh, I. I can't, I'm not gonna speak for you. I don't know, obviously, but I was at a weird place with like horror in the past couple of years. Like um, I felt super, super burned out on it in 2021. Like I barely watched any horror movies and then I watched Censor and Censor hit like just gangbusters for me. And I was like, oh, okay. I just, I've just burned out on like maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't wanna say unoriginal, but like a certain kind of horror. I don't know. Like I just had to find, a movie that was my shit as we said and like and like censor like really kind of shook me up because i was like oh okay i there are still some horror movies that can like really um hit me in a certain way because i was kind of feeling kind of burned down the whole genre and then i saw censor and i was like no i'm i'm still in uncertain horror movies just gotta find the right one um so no, yeah, i was I, the same I, I was the same way I, oh I okay was very much the same way i was burnt out a lot but then um well, while Censor was definitely a part of, you know, reigniting my love for it, but uh, also Malignant. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Malignant Malignant definitely was the one that was just, like, made me find my love of horror again. It was just like, this is completely trippy horror movie that doesn't take itself seriously at all. They're having fun, and it's bloody, it's gross, it's fun, and it's just like, yeah, it reminded me why I love horror. 
And then, like, you know, you had Sensor come, you know, I seen Sensor right after it. It was just like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, reminds me why I love this genre as much as I do, you know, why, you know, I was going through, you know, my parents' uh, videotape collection and I would, you know, religiously watch shit like Nightmare on Elm Street and Hellraiser and Phantasm, you know, why I love this genre. Like, you know, and then, like, like you said, you get to a point where it's just like, you know, it, it, there's nothing in here that, it, you know, you love giving original stuff a chance, but then it's just like, ah, uh, you know, I'm not finding that stuff that made me, you know, reminds me why I love this genre. Then you see stuff like Censor and Malignant, and it's just like, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. This is the shit I'm looking for, you know. And, you know, I love the fact that, you know, movies are like this are still getting made, you know, because you have those moments where it's just like, this is this is the shit I'm. This is the stuff that you know, you know. I'm pretty sure, like if this, this had been released in its original day and age that it's set in, I, I would have been a huge fan of it even then, you know. And I'm a huge fan of it now because it reminds me of that time where it's just like horror was just you know king, you know. Like you know, I go back and forth between my love of horror and my love of action, you know. In my two favorite genres, like you know, some days I love action more, some days I love horror more, but it's just like. They're, they're always neck and neck, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's a beautiful thing when you can watch like a really great art movie. It's just, it, it brings back all those feelings of like why you really took to the genre when you did when you were a kid. And now you're an adult and you think you can't find no love like that for a movie. And then it reminds you, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And it's, <laughs> and, and it's a glorious thing that to happen to you, you know, as a, as a film fan. When you're an adult now, you know what I'm saying? You think nothing can surprise you anymore. It's like, yeah, no, you, this, the, the genre still got surprises for you, you know? Yeah, that's, that's exactly how I felt. I'm like, oh, it's like, thank God, a horror movie hit for me. It was like, I was like, it's not, I'm not broken completely on horror. It's just I had to find like a really special one. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was, yeah, Sensor and Mal I'm glad you brought Malignant because I'm definitely a fan of that one. And I know like our top 10 episode, I think all three of us had it in our top three or something. We were, it's like big malignant fans around here. Yeah, that was the other one, 2021, where I'm like, oh, thank God. I mean, like, yeah, because most, you know, most horror movies, like, yeah, Censor, I think, is pretty low budget. Most horror movies don't get 30, 40 million dollar budgets and get directed by James Wan. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, like that's special. So, um, another thing you said about Censor, and like, I agree, but it's funny because it doesn't feel this way. I called it slow burn, which it is because it kind of like, Nothing too crazy happens for the first like two thirds and it kind of blows up at the end. But I think it's so well paced. I mean, it's only 80 minutes, which is great, which is like, thank you, movie, like get your shit done and get out. And <laughs> I just think that I thought it this time too, watching it again, I was like, it's so well paced. I never feel bored. I never feel like it's wasting time. Like, I feel like it's so tight and like does everything it needs to do and just gets out in like 80 minutes. And I'm just like, perfect. Great job, movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, Definitely. Like, I love when a movie knows exactly what it wants to do and it accomplishes it in an efficient amount of time. Like, uh, I, that's how I felt the with the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, my God. That yes. One, <laughs> that one's only like 80 minutes. Like, without credits, it's only like 74 minutes. Yeah, yeah, so seven, <laughs> 75, 74 minutes. And it's like, yeah, you know, more of that, you know. Like, I love, <laughs> I, I love, you know, I love long movies but uh i love when it's just you know film knows exactly what it wants and it knows what to do and it's just like yeah we're gonna do this we're not gonna bullshit you 
this, 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 and we're out. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more of that, more of that. I love yeah. efficient horror movies. Uh, yes, I that that's a great thing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre you mentioned. Like when I stopped, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, like seventy five minutes, and they're done. Like who? What? What? It's like <laughs> Jesus. Um, uh, yeah. And uh, God, I was speaking of. So yeah, a movie. If a movie needs to be three hours, be three hours. If you got the, if don't just bloat your runtime to be longer. Like I hope the new Batman earns three hour runtime because that's the only thing where I'm kind of like, do you need to be three hours? <laughs> like I'm really excited about it, but I'm like. Ooh, like what do you, you know? I hope they got. I'm, I'm sure I've heard nothing but good things so far, but uh, um, I see that and I'm like, oh, three hours, that kind of wins. But <laughs> you know, like, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, a movie needs to be 75, 80 minutes. That's all it needs to be. Great. Like, don't you don't need to make it 90. I thought like there was some things when I was younger that movies almost were like, if you saw a runtime under 90 minutes, it was like looked down upon. I don't know why, yeah. Maybe because it wasn't like a theatrical runtime. I don't know, but um. I fucking love that. I'm like, oh, you got done her in 90? Whew. You know, it's like, great job. Um, yeah, 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 most definitely. Like, you know, <laughs> it, like the worst thing a movie could do is overstay its welcome. Like, oh, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> recently, like maybe like in the last couple of years, I saw um, a horror movie, a slasher movie from um, from the heyday, you know, from 1981, which was, you know, the year of the slasher movie because I think of like 29 slasher movies came out in that year and um. It was a uh, happy birthday to me. And oh, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> that one is almost two hours. Oh, God, that's too long for a slash. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah. And it's a lot of bullshit. And uh, I remember uh, I watched it um, with my ex, Di, who, who was a fan of that movie. And um, she, she was she was pissed because I didn't like it at all. Um, she's like, because uh, I kept shitting on it the whole movie. And she was like, oh, you talked about the whole movie. I was like, yeah, because I didn't want to fucking hear it. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was just like, yeah, like, why, why is the Slash movie? Like, I mean, Slash movies that long could work. I think Scream is almost that long, like 111 oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah. And um, I think the new Scream is that long, too, like 115 minutes. And it could be done. You know, I'm not saying it can't, but like, it, 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 you know, there's something to say about a slash movie that knows exactly what it wants to do and it doesn't bullshit you. And it could, you know, really, you know, make it work in that amount of time, you know, and be really efficient. And uh, yeah, I appreciate a movie, a horror movie that can do that. And like, like this one, it, it you know, it has a great character arc, you know, mm-hmm. great emotional stakes with great performances. And it gives you like blood and gore, you know what I'm saying? And in <laughs> 80 minutes, and like, hey, you can't be fucking mad at that, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, what more could you want? Yeah, it's like they they are so efficient with like I feel like we know the character of Enid pretty quickly. We get the backstory about her sister and just from how her coworkers talk about her, like I mean, there's clearly a lot more psychological problems we don't have to get into that they don't go into either, but I feel like they're so efficient with kind of giving you, you know, who this character is, you know, kind of what they're about, you know, they have issues they haven't dealt with. Um, and yeah, all that stuff's like just so done so well and not overdone. You know, they don't go into like, like I said, they don't explain a lot. They don't go into a lot of backstory um, and they don't need to. I don't think I like yeah. how open it a lot of the things are. They don't answer a lot of questions um, like and I, I do want to say again, because uh, is it Neem or Neve? The Neve. Neve. Okay, Neve Algar, she's so good. And the movie, she really carries the movie because she's oh, yeah. like, I mean, she's like not really, she's acting with other people a lot, but I mean, it's really on her. The movie's on her. And uh, I thought she was great. I, I 
don't know what else she's been in. I was kind of looking at IMDb, and I don't know what else I've seen her in. She's in uh she's in Wrath of uh, uh Wrath of Man. I was about to say Wrath. Of <laughs> uh, oh, she's in Wrath of Man. Um, she's um the 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 blonde the, the short hair blonde woman that uh he has uh interactions with. I don't want to spoil Wrath of Man. Oh, okay. I, of Man, yeah, but... I didn't realize. Yeah, like I saw she, that, but I didn't really realize who she was in the movie. So yeah, okay. yeah, she 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 played the blonde woman that uh, the his blonde coworker that uh, he has relations with um, uh, uh, around the middle of the movie. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She she doesn't really have a big part, but you know she's in it. And she does what well. she she plays uh, an American, so you probably noticed <laughs> you know the accent. Um, but yeah, she she um I haven't seen much of it besides this and the uh, Wrath of Man, but um. Yeah, she she's fucking fantastic. Like you know, the way like you see her just gradually fall apart. You know, yeah, to, to the point where she's just absolute. By the end of it, she's absolutely fucking mad, and it's just like it's a wonderful, absolutely just tour de force performance. In my opinion, it's like one of the best performances. And you know what I'm saying? It might be hyperbolic to some people, but I I feel it's one of the best performances I saw last year. Um, where she's just absolutely extraordinary the way she just, you know, goes straight laced, you know, like she's got that tight bun hairdo, like, you know, with her, her, her slacks and, you know, her glasses and all that stuff. And she's so straight laced, you know, they call what they call her the princess. Um, yeah. Because, you yeah. know, cause, cause she's, she's so uptight and shit. And then she becomes looser and more harried and just more disheveled as, as the movie goes along to where she's absolutely mad and crazy by the end of it and it's just a wonderful goddamn performance you know just absolutely extraordinary yeah she's just, I, she's, she, she absolutely carries the movie she's absolutely 100 fantastic it's one of my favorite performances last year too and one that like no one's talking about <laughs> it's just like man she was really good and that ending you know where she's going after the actress who she thinks is her sister it's i mean she's scary because she's kind of gone crazy and uh <laughs> but it's it's also she's doing a great thing where i, I feel like you still almost feel bad for her because she's she's it's very sad like she's really uh kind of clearly completely just broken like mentally and like uh so you you feel sad for her and then like when the ending happens where you kind of they play it as so over the top happy there's a fucking rainbow across the sky <laughs> and like the radio stations like um all all the video nasties are gone i think or it's like all crime's been eradicated yeah, all yeah, crime has been eradicated all the video <laughs> nasties are gone it's very and then like she pulls up to her parents house and it's very fucking blue velvet yeah, um, you know, like the intro to Blue Velvet, like you, you almost like waiting to see the the, the fire truck with the the firefighter waving, like <laughs> oh, you know, saying this there's rainbows and like the flowers are out and the grass is green and the birds are chirping and all that shit. Like yeah, like she she's completely just like she's completely broken psychologically, and uh, like yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I love that ending. You know, yeah. it, it's it's definitely a downer. Yeah, like like you said, like you feel you know you feel completely bad for her. You know, what I'm saying that this happened, but I I love it too because I love how like she's in this imaginary world, like she's completely in her own fucking world. Right, like right. Re- reality <laughs> does not exist for this woman anymore. But right. I love how like, um, like the like I said, uh, the, the director Fran Bailey Vaughn, she she plays with like reality, like there's glitches in the uh, it's like vhs you know, glitches yeah like. yeah and like you know you see you see the the woman who uh, alice lee the the actress um 
But I, I don't know the actress's real name. The, the, the character's, the, the actress is Alice Lee. Um, and uh, like, you know, she's all smiling like, yes, I'm your sister. And I'm <laughs> glad you came and saved me. And like, she's in the car and smiling, but you see the little glitch where she's like screaming in horror, like, help! And like, you know, it's like really quick. And then she takes her to the, the, the parents' house and uh, they're all smiling and waving. And then, like, uh, the sister goes up to her. The sister goes up to them. <laughs> and they're all happy and shit. But, like, you see, like, she's screaming at them, help me. And then, like, you see the glitches of them, like, while they're smiling. And you see they're, like, absolutely horrified. And I think that's the, what makes it all the more devastating is the parents. Because, you know, they want to move on with their lives. But, you know, and Enid is hanging on to this. And then, like, that realization that they just lost their other daughter. Like they've lost their their, their 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 first daughter to like you know disappearance, but like I said, I believe Enid her daughter. But now they realize they just lost their other daughter to madness, right? And oh, like yeah. The, yeah, yeah, just that devastation on their face, like oh my god, you know they've lost both children, you know, in like their own different ways, you know, one to like you know whatever happened, you know, ambiguous nature of what happened to. You know the other daughter and then Enid is just completely mad and it's just so it's horrifying like you know it's, it's like a split second you know that glitch but like when you can see their faces and there's just like that complete and utter horror like you know that realization our daughter has gone insane and you know and then like you know that that final just horrifying shot of Enid looking back at us and you know she's laughing and it's just like oh my god she's absolutely fucking <laughs> off the deep end now you know, yeah she, she's completely gone <laughs> that like, really nothing is left yeah yeah <laughs> that really that, creeped like, me out today i did not i was like oh this is really unsettling <laughs> like, very unsettling like you know because you're looking at the, the face of a mad woman you know she's just completely insane at this point it's just absolutely devastating and horrifying and it's just perfect way to leave off uh, a movie like this and th- i love that ending so much and also because it plays that um uh what's the name of the uh, the band that um because that, that's a song that uh uh it's called like mass or, or the band is called mass and the song is called blank i'm not oh, sure I'm not sure i'm trying to look it up um, but like yeah like it plays over like the last four minutes after like you know she's basically you know gone into this imaginary world where everything is sunshine and rainbows and it's just it's just a wonderful piece of music that plays over this thing and it, but it also like you know it has that sense of dread yeah like what the fuck is happening like you said like the movie has a beautiful thing where it's just like this unsurmounted sense of dread throughout the thing and it just keeps leveling up until like we get to that last act where it's just like it's completely off the wall now and like you you have that like you know like you said that drone like you know that subtle drone that just plays over it and it just makes it even more disturbing and unsettling and like you know, you get to that those final moments where it's just complete. Like there's there's no violence, but it's completely creepy. Yeah, it's absolutely one hundred percent creepy for the, like the last four minutes of the movie. It's just like, how goddamn glorious is that? You know? <laughs> yeah, that I, for some reason, someone staring directly at the camera who's like scared, or like a crazy person, just creeps me out. Like I don't like people staring directly in the camera, and it's like unsettling. I'm like, no, no, don't don't look at me. <laughs> you know, it's like right, right. Like I, was like, like, I don't like, like that. Yeah. Like, yeah, like very uh, Norman Bates and Psycho. He looks yeah. directly at us and he's just completely fucking mad. <laughs> very uncomfortable. Is the group called Blank Mass? Was that what you're thinking of? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, 
called the song's called Chernobyl. Blank Mass is the yeah. group or the yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, the music is really good in this. Like, I know I kind of mentioned, I was like, I know some sounds going on with like kind of a droning effect that I'm sure is there to make you feel super uncomfortable. But just like the normal score is like, I'm I'm a sucker for that too. Like kind of a synthy type score, oh, electronic yeah. type score. Um, oh, me too, me too. Yeah, which fits the movie really well. This, I mean, this is a great debut movie. Like to think about that, like this is, I know they made some shorts, but um, uh, Prano, I'm gonna get the name right. Uh, <laughs> Prano Bailey Bond. Yeah, I believe Prano. is how you, Prano Bailey Bond. Is yeah, I mean, she did a great job. Like, this is a great, very confident debut. Um, oh, yes, 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 absolutely. Like, she did a phenomenal job putting this movie together. Yeah, it's, I'm very impressed by that as well. I'm like, damn, this is her first movie. <laughs> like, um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I, I think Censor was really one of the best horror movies of 2021 just one of the best movies is all in 2021 like i think I told mm-hmm. you, before we started like i thought 2021 was pretty stacked for good movies and it it, w- it was my top 10 all year kind of got pushed out at the end but it's an honorable mention and i think like amongst horror movies it might have been well, besides malignant it might have been my favorite thing um <laughs> it's uh it's great i just it i wish people would see it and i know some people people did see it like i said i saw a lot of letterbox reviews that were kind of like in the middle and kind of like eh. i mean it's not your thing it's not your thing but i almost think people should give it a maybe give it a second chance if they kind of were lukewarm on it the first time and just, you know, maybe you got to be in the right uh, headspace, get in the, get the wavelength with the movie. Cause sometimes it seems like a movie you kind of got to get on its level or you might not be into it. Um, Cause at least it's cerebral. It's kind of a slow burn. It's like, um, yeah, but I really, I really like censor. Like I'm so when you pitch it, I'm like, Oh, awesome. We can talk about censor. Cause like, I, like I said, I just don't think it's being talked about nearly enough and it's totally my shit. And I'm glad it's your shit too. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. This is this is one hundred percent a Rob movie. Like <laughs> like like I said, if you want to you want to understand me as a film fan, like my taste, watch Censor, and then you will completely understand like the kind of shit I'm into. You know, like <laughs> uh, like to understand me, like you have to watch a movie like Censor. This is one hundred percent my shit. <laughs> uh, nice. Anything else you wanted to say about Censor before we wrap up? I didn't want to uh, cut you off too soon or anything. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, it's, it's all good. Uh, yeah, if if you can. Watch it, you know. Uh, I, I hope you, um, uh, me and Matt did a wonderful job in selling it to you. You know, like if if it's if it's your thing, watch it immediately. If it's not, you know, that's okay. You know, we all have different opinions. But um, if like every anything we said like picked your interest, then uh, watch it immediately because it's a glorious movie, um, incredibly cerebral psychological horror film but it also delivers the blood and guts when it needs to uh and it has a wonderful performance by Lee Valgar um she's a she delivers an incredible performance and like that's one of the things to watch it for like you know her performance is, is, is amazing um Prano Bailey Bond did an incredible job directing it you know it's visually stunning um yeah, like, and, and it's, a, it's a wonderful story to listen to, like, you know, just like the, the whole thriller aspects and the mystery aspects, but also the way it portrays the, that time and era where, like, this thing was happening, and, like, if you're interested in that. Yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful film to watch, you know, and I can't recommend it enough. So if you have the chance to watch it, I believe it's on Hulu. I was um, just going to say, I double-checked. It is still, it's streaming on Hulu. Um, yeah. So hopefully it doesn't go away anytime soon. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, it, it's wonderful, too, because it was, like, when I first heard about it, it was there. And I and I put it in my list, but um, I'm a physical me- physical media guy, so like I wanted to see it on physical media first. So I got the DVD. I found the DVD at Walmart, and uh, that's how I first watched it. And then um, 
immediately after that, when Vinegar Syndrome released this glorious uh, Blu-ray of it, I was like, yeah, I'm getting that too. I'm definitely double dipping because uh, I need to own as many copies of this movie as it's really <laughs> possible. There's <laughs> also, I think, a Second Sight Blu-ray from uh, <laughs> like overseas. If you want to import one, I don't know what the difference is. I, I think the Vinegar Syndrome one probably has more stuff on it. But if you want more versions, there's another option. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Like, yeah, the Vinegar Syndrome, like just the the the, the cover art and the casing of the packaging of it is just absolutely fantastic. Like. I love when they do like the only thing I don't like about Vinegar Syndrome is when they do those um those hard plastic ones where it's like sometimes it's hard to put the Blu-ray into the casing. Like oh, I think the yeah. DSAs are like that. A lot of the action type movies. Yeah, they put, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Specifically <laughs> the action ones is like if if like the 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 plastic from the Blu-ray like gets caught, forget it. <laughs> yep. You're not getting that motherfucker <laughs> back in there ever again. They're a little I hate tight. That shit. Yeah, they're yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's extremely tight like i love it but it's like dude i can't fucking the blu-ray up <laughs> yeah i wish they kind of just went in from the side they go from the top uh it's like a vhs you take put it back yeah. in you know and uh yeah that plastic it's yeah it's so now we're so specific on the blu-ray collective but yeah it's like that little that plastic on the blu-ray case gets stuck it's so you try to work it back and another part gets cut and caught and you're like damn it come on <laughs> like, yeah and then you shit out of luck the luck, luckily, um, it, it comes with a slip cover that has a top and a bottom to it, um, which, uh, wonderfully enough, is um, has two different covers on it. The back one is uh, the poster art for Beastman, which is one of the in, in title movies, and uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> the other one is Asunder, um, which is another one of the dark movies, and uh, it's a top and bottom one, but it's also um, has like a hard uh case which you can put in from the side. Which which makes it wonderful, like um, an actual like you know one of those old style uh, VHS um, uh, covers and shit, like back in the day, like when you would record something oh, yeah, off the yeah. TV. Yeah, so like that, that that that's cool as hell. That's cool as hell, and it also has the original post art. Um, that's another thing I want to talk about the original post art, which is basically like a need um, on the cover, and it's like a glitch where like half of her is like how she standardly looks for the movie, but the other half is her old holding an axe. Is one of my favorite post the arts like in recent years i love it and um i need to find this poster so i can hang up on my fucking wall because it's beautiful <laughs> it is it's, a great poster it's very striking like a yeah. like, movie yeah it's like it... the dvd artist too like it's, it's more like a white background it has her like her eyes like um taking like a like almost like um uh like when the, the tv like the tv the, the, the snow the snow effect in her eyes and it looks creepy oh but yeah the, i've seen that one yep yep yeah yeah but um the the, the original poster art with her holding the axe and it's like a glitch just half and half it's just wonderful poster art it's one of the most glorious things i've ever seen <laughs> i need that fucking poster so bad <laughs> i yeah i mean great artwork uh great it's like I, I like everything about the design of this movie i think the look of it that's it's like even down like the poster i'm looking at the poster now on idp2 i'm like yeah, these are all cool. Like, I, I kind of want one now, too. So um, I'm with you. Um, well, I'm glad you like this movie as much as I do, because I was so happy to find somebody else. I think I saw when you first, like, reviewed it or rated it, and I was like, oh, cool. Rob, like, censor. Thank God. Somebody else likes this movie, <laughs> like, as much as I do. So, um, yeah, very cool. Um, uh, anything else to, to wrap up or? No, I think I, I think uh, I, I said all I need to say. Like, yeah, if you, if, you know, if you find it, watch it. Like I said, it's on Hulu. Hopefully, it's still on Hulu by the time this episode comes out, so you can watch it. But uh, yes, watch watch Censor because it's an absolute glorious fuck. I hope we sold people on it. Uh, usually, we do 
you know, movies that I think are like pretty well known, all that kind of stuff. But this one, I, I, I think we sold it pretty well. So I hope people go back and watch it. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah um okay well yeah th rob thank you so much for doing this uh oh no thank you thank you thank <laughs> you it's always a pleasure to come here and talk to you um you know uh especially to talk about such a wonderful movie uh i really appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity because i don't know how the hell i was going to talk about this movie <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> you know uh because because you know my boy mac uh he likes horror movies but i don't think this would, would be his shit maybe it would because he likes he likes some reboot stuff you know so so he may really like this movie but um no, I definitely want to talk about this movie as, as, as ASAP and shit. So sorry, <laughs> sorry to him. You know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna watch this and shit. Like you motherfucker, you talked about this shit without me. <laughs> you know that's fucked up, bro. Now I'm, I'm curious like, to hear what he thinks of it when he watches. <laughs> I'm curious to hear his opinion when he checks it out. Um, yeah, he, he may like it. He may not. You know, I never know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes. Well, thank you again for doing this. Well, I'll be back on sooner. It won't take like six, seven months. I don't know how long it was. It was way too long. But uh, oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> but yeah, go on and um, go ahead and plug all your stuff. People can find you, podcast, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, my favorite part <laughs> part of any any show is to do plugs. <laughs> uh, of course, uh, I'm the host. Uh, well, me and my my girlfriend. From another Mac the All Star, we are the host of the Cinema Drunkies. Um, you can find uh, that that the most um, uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor. Um, our official Twitter is at Cinema Drunkies. Uh, you can find me at the Cinema Drunkie on Twitter. You can find Mac at uh, at Mac the All Star on Twitter. Um, and yeah, like you know, shout out to all our uh, all our um, our friends in this podcast community shout out to you of course uh lindsey mike daniel um shout out to my buddy ron over at film strip shout out to my buddy patrick uh shout out to my friends over at uh house of screams uh yeah like i got so many fucking people to shout out <laughs> i always forget um i i like you know i i gotta uh, i see uh you know we're all in discord together and i see carmelita and like, you know, I listen to her and like, she's had so much fun. It's like, I definitely got to, you know, get, get up with her soon, you know, have her on as a guest, you know, saying there's something fun to talk about because she seems like such a joyous person to, to discuss movies with. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, she's like yeah. one of the best. I think I've, I don't know if I joked, but like I've said, she's like a podcast guest, like MVP. Like, it's like you get her on as your guest. It's like, you're great. You're golden. <laughs> you know? like, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I definitely got to, <laughs> I definitely got to get up with her soon. Also, um, Preston, uh, our, our, our Preston, uh, fantastic guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll be talking yeah. to him soon, actually. Yeah. 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 I definitely got to get up with him soon. Um, also, like my buddies over at the action, but like I said, Mike, uh, uh, my boy Chris Barreras, um, uh, Larry, Larry Sternshine, uh, uh, Andy Gorham, who's like the most positive person in the world. Uh, <laughs> shout, shout out to Andy. No, Andy's like a complete bowl of positive energy, and I don't know how that man maintains it in this day and age. But <laughs> God bless him for being so positive and you know, energetic and joyful. Yeah, you know, like he he really sometimes he keeps me going. It's just how positive he is. And uh, yeah, uh, my boy Matt Sari. Um, yeah, the shout out to all those people. Like if I didn't mention it, oh yeah, um, boy Aaron Hargis. Um, if anybody else I didn't mention, you know, just know that uh, completely. You know, no, you know, I, I meant no malice toward it. Uh, sometimes it's just so many people to shout out. You know, I forget, but just know I love you all. 
Um, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, um, shout shout out to everybody is is, is the best thing I can say. At this there you point. go. Yeah, that this is why it's tough sometimes. I heard chatting people out. I'm like, oh shit, I'm gonna forget people and i don't want to you know like uh, i don't yeah. want to think i did on purpose but yeah shout out everybody that listens <laughs> like i think most of those people have at least checked the show out maybe like you know uh so yeah if they're listening shout out to all those good people <laughs> so and if uh yeah if you weren't mentioned it's nothing personal <laughs> yeah no, not, not personal at all just sometimes it fucking slips the, the circle is growing of like podcast people like action twitter people like i feel like it's a it's a good positive community though there's like no uh, I feel there's no like shitheads, <laughs> you know, there's no yeah, like, yeah, yeah. shitty people. It's nice. Um, so yeah, I, uh, um, actually I will plug something for you because I don't want to blow smoke up your ass too much, but I, <laughs> I thought that podcast you and Lindsay did about conversation and blowout was like one of my favorite podcasts I listened to this whole year. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, like, I appreciate that. Uh, I really no appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, no, I really appreciate that because I, I did feel that, uh, because me and Lindsay, you know, I mean, you, you talk to Lindsay and, you know, it's always just a wonderful time talking to Lindsay. Right. Um, like, every, every talking to Lindsay is just an absolute joy. Like, she's my absolute, one of my favorite people in the world. Not just, you know, talking around podcasts, but just incredible. Like, um, she, she, she's also, she really knows how to brighten your spirits. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Worse from, <laughs> from, from Lindsay could really fucking brighten your day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Lindsay's a wonderful person. But yeah, that that me and Lindsay have spoken a few times on her show, but I think that particular conversation on the conversation of blowout was like one of the like our best conversation yet. I'm really proud of how that conversation came out, and I know she is too. Uh, like we were very, you know, we just had an incredible time talking about two movies we absolutely love, especially blowout. Which um, I mean, we had a great time talking about the conversation, but the, when we got to blowout, it became like almost like. Um, how many times we can say blowout fucking rules in like 90 minutes <laughs> i mean it does so that was you know that's that's a fair statement i, I it's one of those things because i did body double and i'm pretty sure i said like some days body double is like my personal favorite but i think blowout is De palma's best movie um and i think you guys made a good case for that <laughs> like blowout yeah. so good like it's such a good movie um and i just watched the conversation before you guys did that. So it was like perfect timing. And then I was like, this is, this is great. So yeah, I was like, what a good pairing too. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that was great. I said, when I was talking to you, I was like, I got to tell Rob how good that was. <laughs> so thank, um, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Also, yeah, right. Is it impossible? I think it's impossible to be sad while talking to Lindsay. Like if you are sad, your spirits will be lifted. Like, yeah. <laughs> like Lindsay's good for the soul. Like, you know, like <laughs> she's absolutely joyous and just wonderful and so full of joy in life. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, like like if you're sad talk to Lindsay. you will come out feeling a thousand percent better because she she <laughs> yes, is just yes. she is just the fucking mess i love Lindsay. yes i really hope we aren't like embarrassing her so bad right now She's i know i know like yeah like yeah i mean feeling bad like you know you tell her these things that she just kind of like you know like ah you know what I'm saying it's like no i i mean this i mean this in my heart you know what I'm saying she's the best and she's just kind of like you know like ah, whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm but she's great she's absolutely great yeah. I, I i you know i cannot love that woman enough you know what i'm saying <laughs> we mean every word of it so yeah I'm, I'm with you um okay well great everyone should be following you and listening to your stuff on podcasts it's it's great uh i love us to talk movies um and uh i will just say our stuff real quick um you can follow the podcast on twitter at film peace pod uh you can follow me on twitter at maplet 87 um, and you can follow me and the podcast on Instagram at Film Feast, all one word. Um, and that's it for this week, guys. And we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. <laughs>